Hello and welcome to the One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan. Episode fifty nine is proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter with Betfair. And listeners, I'm very happy to report after a week on the sidelines, I'm back in One One Studios alongside the one and only Perth racing guru Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Start with a similar hello to what you did. Uh, it's good to be back. I um, I uh, surprisingly missed the, the not surprisingly, but uh, missed a little uh, week off. wasn't much of a card, and I um, I only collect for the day. To be honest with you, was the champ, which we'll touch on shortly. But um, no, I missed uh, missed our little uh, little Thursday morning uh, sojourn, our uh, our instant coffee, which we're having a crack at at the minute, and um, it's uh, it's good to be back. Obviously, 2021's got off to a rough start if we're uh, tell you what. instant coffeeing here at the 1 1 Studio. This is my first instant coffee for a fair <laughs> while, and um, I can barely, uh, barely afford that the way 2021 started. But um, back to full time work as of this Monday. Mm-hmm. I've been a little bit slack probably the last five or six weeks, to be honest, and I've just been a little bit of holiday mode as we can get at this time of the year, BJ. So uh, Monday morning, I um, I kicked back off getting doing the form up at 6 7 and uh, firing away, and um, I'm confident the coming weeks will uh, yield the um, – will reap the benefits mm, be of that work. will be fruitful. Exactly right. Mm. Well, I've been on a bit of a break myself, actually. I've had mm. two weeks paternity leave. That, oh, that's dog crap, isn't it? That coffee. That coffee? Oh, dearie me. Yeah, I'll, I'll drink mine. Paying for it from now on. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dad, and, dad and parental leave, I've got two weeks of it up my sleeve. So from the 4th of, uh, of Jan, I've just uh, been, been chilling. Uh, at home with the uh, with the family, and we've been doing lots of swimming, and oh. went to Cottesloe Beach. Jumped you off look, the jumped look, off the bell. You're looking a little bit a uh, little bit brown, actually. Yeah, yeah. Got a bit of colour. Got out, got out of my little cave and yeah. thought I'd get some sunlight. It's been really nice, actually. And uh, yeah, just just fired up the. Uh, I actually did a bit of Bunbury stuff yesterday because I got a commitment. Uh, to the Bunbury Turf Club, but mm-hmm. um, did the form for Saturday. But other than that, I'm just going to be taking it easy. And my kickoff for 2021 will be next Monday, so okay. a week week after you. So, but uh, it's been it's been nice to uh, take the the foot off the uh, the accelerator for the last couple of weeks. It's been it's been nice. So. Mm. But congratulations, dig deep, the champ. champ. He just just knows how to win, doesn't he? He's the one one pinup boy, isn't oh, he? He's a- he is. He is. He, um, it was a fairly uh, – it was a good victory. It was a very nice victory. Um, I think we were uh, gifted another very nice ride from from the Wiz. Um, we obviously got the favours while Son of a God did it tough and did it de- uh, sat deep the trip. But um, Laurentinio gave a nice uh, a nice kick out in front. But, um, no, it's always nice having a horse that knows how to win and uh, knows how to time his runs. And we'll move on to the uh, – I think it's the Australia Day Cup, BJ, on the 23rd of January. And, um, look, if he pulls up from that, okay, and he's travelling well enough, um, I think there'll be considerations to going towards the Pinjarra and Bunbury um, sprints. So uh, onwards and upwards for the champ. Mm, could be um, could be a big prep for Dick well, too, hey? I'll tell you what. Well, that was a $100,000 race to the day, wasn't it? Or 59 to the winner? It like was. That. It was. The easing world. It was uh, the feature for the day. So, uh, look, there's no Karakata plate, but um, look, we just got to get our rating up for next year's railway so we can qualify. So that's the um, that's the key. 
That was a joke, and now it's not that much of a joke. It's not actually a complete joke anymore, is it? I uh, might be a, a I noticed that you line. weren't you weren't in the post oh. the post race celebratory photos courtesy of our friends at Western Race Picks. Where was the guru on Saturday? <laughs> Bit of a hard luck story, really. Yeah, AJ, you know me. I'm I'm not one to miss a race, mate. Uh, especially when there's um. The champs in. The champs in, exactly mm. right. But um, no, I'd done the mass, saw it was a small field, and I, uh, I presumed we'd be in at around two or three o'clock. So um, I accepted an offer. Um, well, I accepted an offer. I was asked to, uh, to babysit my niece away out, and I said I would do so. I uh, had to be there for 5.30, and I thought, that's fine. I can go to the races. Uh, look, enjoy a little post race celebratory frothy with the lads, with mm. Mitchell and the lads. And um, yeah, next thing you know, it's a five twenty-five kickoff. So, I'm watching it. Uh, I'm watching it with the uh, the family, which is nice actually. My sister uh, chucked up a little post on Facebook afterwards and whatnot, and uh, yeah, she was a bit more emotional than me after the race. So she probably didn't know how much I had on the boat but, uh, <laughs> and how badly I was going that day. But um, yeah, no, it was um, yeah really nice stuff, and but nice little change of scenery to watch one with her. But um, I'd love for the horse to win when April, my sister, can um, can be at the track. So I've just given her dad's share. So she's um, yeah, she's pretty tickled pink. She gets a little bit of money rolling in the bank as well. Very good. And also, I imagine it was nice to get another one back on the folks out in Bullsbrook, Team Taylor. It was. It was. Lauren Tinio was given a – well, in, in the end, it wasn't a soft lead looking at the data. It was a, It was run at a basically a fairly steady pace. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, no, Lauren Tinio, I thought, had uh, had – I uh, had the opportunity to win the race, but um, yeah, it's it's good to get one back. But um, it's two back now. But still, it is two back. Still, but, yeah, still, uh, the question needs to be asked: When are we heading out to Bullsbrook? Because you've got some stable duties to attend to. We've got to do that soon. I'm a man who likes to pay my bets and always pays his bets, so uh, I need to get out there. Well, we need to get out there shortly. So um, I might, uh, I might flick Lockie or Britt a text later and uh, see if we can tee it up for some time in the next fortnight and um, go the old uh, the four four man podcast. Yeah, maybe we get get Jim on. Well, and Tina. Yeah, why get not? The lot. Get the lot. Just get everyone playing a little part. Get more more races naying in real, the background. Real, <laughs> real ensemble cast yeah. here at the one one. Why not? When we head out to uh, to Team Taylor's probably. Bunch. Yes. Now we haven't spoken since Perth Cup. Mm. edition so that was on the thursday prior to the perth cup which was your birthday wasn't it mm. december 31 mm. uh we ran into each other quite a bit on perth cup day uh what a race for starters um i had to watch it from outside the stadium i couldn't actually get it so. <laughs> yeah. we'll touch on that <clears throat> will we briefly okay. uh but uh, it was it was uh even though i'm a, a traditionalist i love the two mile perth cup that was probably my favorite 2400 meter perth cup um, you know, obviously, people will will um, talk about the the delicacy cup and and all that. But this this sort of had don't ev- know this, don't know this had everything, didn't it? This oh, this dear. was this was a race, uh, as Darren would say, for the ages. Uh, truly great was unbelievably huge, brave in defeat. Uh, Chris Parnham just masterful mm. tactical ride, got every inch out of Nerf Boss too. Two good horses, two champion jockeys, stride for stride down the Ascot straight, gap back to third. It was uh, was what racing is all about, Guru. Yeah, it was. It was, unfortunately. Um, fairly well documented that I was absolutely guts in uh, the whole way through. Truly great, actually. <laughs> I actually decided to go again late when I got out to 310, which was completely unnecessary because it was already basically double my biggest ever investment. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the blood was flowing, the juice was flowing at that stage. And um, 
Yeah, we had all the lads around and we were a bit enthused. I actually, you probably know I review every meeting in depth um, in the coming days after it runs. I, I didn't review that race. It was still a bit raw for me. I thought yep. I'll review that race when I have to. It's a bit of a niche race. There's not horse I'm going to pick up out of that race for random midweekers. You know, it was a Group 2 Perth Cup. But um, Juicing Carrots was going around, is going around uh, on Saturday. So I was forced to go back and have a look at its run and uh, I watched it again. And, geez, it's just it's a tremendous call and it's rare that um, Darren loses his words a little bit and past the post he was just you could tell it was yeah it was fairly um meaningful and huge for him as well so it was a cracking race the best horse run second we all yeah. know that definitely um but the best ride won the race and that's what we love to talk about sometimes with horse racing it's not the best horse winning it's horses for courses so interesting discussion post race about whether the it was the weight that was the difference or whether it was the rides that were the difference. And for me, there's there's a lot of people discussing the merit of weight and the six kilos was significant. However, if you reverse the runs, you reverse the results by yeah, significantly, don't you? Regardless, <coughs> regardless of weight. Excuse me, that's a, yeah, I, I can't see it. That conversation makes no real sense to me, to yeah. be honest with you, because yeah, Truly Great did it tougher. Truly Great had the weight. Truly Great doesn't have the weight and does it tougher, it wins. If Truly Great does it softer, it wins. It's just a factor of everything. Basically, for Truly Great- It was to still going to win too, wasn't it? It was. Jesus, it dug yep. in. It yep. dug in and then it just got overwhelmed late. It yep. was just the perfect ride. Even when Chrissy Parnham forced- so he could have stayed on Truly Great's back for another 100 metres or so probably. Yep. He forced, because he knew he only had the 54, I think, in the end, got yep. the one kilo penalty. Um, he, Chrissy Parnham, forced Pikey to probably show his hand a little bit earlier than he wanted to, knowing he had the weight, he'd done the work, um, and that was the difference yeah. in the end. So. Yeah, he sort of levelled up to him just after straightening it. Yeah, down. exactly right. And I think going early um, was the thing that probably won him the race in that sense. So it was it was as good a ride as, as you'll ever see mm. um, on Nerf Boss. He knew the other horses in the race. Uh, um, geez, and they absolutely cleared out. It was huge. I think one horse that hasn't been given credit for its run is Trap for Fools. Took forever to get to the breeze. It's boxed on to run fourth. Like that was with uh, yeah. fifty nine kilos. Or something with the like, yeah. with the fifty nine yeah. as well. I thought it was a huge effort from Trap for Fools. But um, look, it's it's it'll go down as one of the greatest Perth Cups um, without doubt. But uh, it's going to take me a little while to get to that point where <laughs> I'm like acknowledging it. And it still stings. It still stings a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, I must admit, I squared up on the race. That's what I was. That's what I was about to ask. I had, so, a, green, I had a green book, so yeah. I, I had every horse square. So there wasn't like. So a, what price did you, would you have taken Nerf Boss in the lead up? I took twelve. Twelve, yeah. Nerf Boss. So I'd basically <clears throat> I'd shopped pretty well and 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 the whole way through, and it allowed me to get to a point where I could back every other horse on the day. Like I could have your little specs on juicing carrots at your two three hundreds. Every other horse, I could yeah. back every other horse for a square race. But um, yeah, I had Trap for Fools and Truly Great in particular going for the results. pretty big results. Yeah. But um, you know what they say? That's racing. We had Chris Parnham on the podcast leading mm. up, and uh, it was. It was no doubt a, a dream of his, a childhood dream of his to win the Perth Cup. He's 23 years old. He's won his Group 1, the Kingston Town Classic. He's won his Perth Cup. Uh, the sky's the limit now, isn't it? few good judges out there think he's riding better than Pikey at the moment. Um, I'm I'm on the fence. I don't think there's anything between them at the mm. moment. So if, it, if it's Parnham to Pike, um, sorry, if it's Pike to Parnham, I, I don't uh, – necessarily price the horse any longer at the moment um the wizards still are number one and he will be well i'd say in the indefinitely um but chris parnham is riding as well as he has ever ridden and um yeah it wouldn't surprise me i don't know he's probably just about ready to have another crack over east isn't he 
I don't know. That's an interesting discussion, Terry. Mm. So, yeah, he um, obviously has already been over to Victoria a couple of times, I think, yep. and done done well, ridden with success, as you can imagine, because he's a bloody good jockey. But uh, he's on a good wicket here, and he's just he he's just about ready to win the premiership, mm-hmm. and he's thrown down the gauntlet to the wizard. So, who knows? The sorcerer. The you know? sorcerer. <laughs> the sorcerer is just uh, yeah. It's 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 making racing great again just to see these two uh jockeys you going to up. donald trump did you yeah just uh um we need to get one of those well, one, one one trucker hats with making what, racing great again tell you what i reckon i would have um been instructing people to storm ascot on uh on uh <laughs> perth cup day so for those that don't know perth cup day uh, a lot of people had the free entry tickets like i've got a million different ways to get in you know we've got the Membership, um, we've got a million different ways to get in, but I just took the little free tickets, uh, which we were given to along to the track. Can't lose those. I, I can lose everything else. Um, and then we get there and obviously they say you can't use the free entry tickets, so you can't get in. So there's mm. just a stack of people standing out the front. The, the best story was, well, the best story, the worst story was the young girl who won 12 double passes on the radio. Uh, Nat Francis chucked this on um, on Twitter and then um, – and then hired the bus. They all got doled up. They rolled up. Obviously, said you can't get in. So there's 24 girls standing there going, "What's you know what's going on?" Like mm. it would have been quite a big day and quite a big experience for them. But um, yeah, look, I was uh, I won't name any names, but um, I had to pull every contact we possibly had out, and uh, I ended up getting walked in um, with a couple of horses out the back uh, out the back door. So that that was the only way I was getting in. So we meant to have a um, a couple of other people with us who didn't eventually end up coming, and if they did. I dare say we wouldn't have been able to get into um to Ascot, and I reckon I would have absolutely carried on like a pork chop. Yeah, it was a tough day for everyone involved oh, with Perth racing, isn't it? Like, oh, it was just well, you, you've got to be better than that. Like, if you realise you're not you're getting close to capacity and you can't use the free passes, give people 24 hours notice, give them 12 hours notice, give them three hours notice. Well, you know? I, yeah, I think they put something up on the social media channels when uh, on the day. Have a look at what time that is. Yeah, that's not. It was after people. It was close to race one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not fully across the ins and outs of why that all of a sudden it got capped at that that ten thousand dollars, uh, ten thousand people rather. Um, I don't mind it getting capped, and yeah. I'm fine with that. I remember finding them cancelling the free passes. Yeah. Um, but there had to be some better pre-planning and notification for people to change their days. People are getting Ubers, taxis from, yeah, from anywhere. So it was well, um, when I pulled up. My my experience was people were. Um, displeased that's to put it lightly yeah there was uh, there was genuine anger and mm. frustration and um and the security guards who were just doing their job as instructed they were they were obviously wearing the brunt of it because they were the um ultimately they were the people de- had a declining entry to these uh um ticket holding um customers so I don't know. Like it's got to say though, a couple of security guards were absolute cockheads. Yeah, um, they're just just basically laughing at you. No, they're no good. Off you go. Yeah, I said just and they did, you had to have more diplomacy. I think in that situation, understand these people did nothing wrong. A lot of these people who had the free tickets would have bought tickets if they knew they needed to buy right, tickets. Exactly, they didn't need to because they had free tickets in their hands. So some of the security guards um, got to call it out. Yeah, some yeah, they need to grow up. Yeah, yeah, they were absolute dickheads. So yeah, the anyway, um, we move on. Yeah. Uh, at least truly great one. <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> so I, the thing, last bit on this for me is racing, we're, we're vying so desperately for people's attention and for, you know, we're, we're competing with the Perth Scorchers, we're competing with um, with the Perth Wildcats, we're competing with uh, AFL during the footy season. The Mount Henry Hotel. Mount Henry, exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, I, th- I think the Camfield is where most people went. Like, uh, yeah, after, if, if, if they couldn't get into 
uh, Ascot, they just went to the campfield. Apparently, that was like f- overflowing. It was a very young demographic. That the majority of people that couldn't get in would have been quite a young demographic as well. That's so, the worst part. These are people that might not go back to the races that, again. This, this is the thing. Like as racing guys, we we want to share this thing with as many people as possible. We like we love WA racing. We need to be ensuring that people are getting the best possible experience when that one day they choose to go to the races. What about all the people who hadn't been in the races? And then all of a sudden they've gone on that one day and they couldn't get in. Like they are frustrated. They probably all back truly great as well. Yeah, they tell their they tell their family, they tell their friends, and all of a sudden you've got this ripple effect of negativity towards not only just Perth racing but horse racing in general. Like we just have to do it, and um, we have to be better, regardless. And it's just uh, big events. We just have to knock it out of the park so that those people, instead of them. feeding negative negative feedback out there or um, negative experiences out there whether it's uh, personally or on social media or whatever it's positive and it's inclusive and it brings people back to the races because let's face it we're not in a position to be turning people away no i agree couldn't have said any better myself i could go on about this for a fair while but um yeah let's move on okay back to the podcast yes we have some so all those people who missed out on our one one very popular too. One one trucker hats. Yes, we've got some Daniel More. Sadik from Mecca Sports. Yeah, Daniel Sadik. Yeah, on the way. We oh. got. Uh, I'll be picking him up maybe this evening actually. So yeah. we'll have another uh, another whack of the hats coming in. So um, how how do we how are they getting a hold of him, BJ? Well, they can either message one of us on Twitter yep. or. Um, but but I've I've got lots of people. Are you hand signing them for people? <laughs> Not I heard, I heard that's a I heard that's a thing at the moment. <laughs> I think the Perth Racing Gurus will, will, will attract more bids on eBay than mine, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, so we got, them, we got them coming. And also we have some 1-1 racing colours are getting designed as mm-hmm. we record this podcast oh. because Nuhad, the 1-1 podcast horse, yep. Luke Fernie, uh, is almost fully subscribed, but there's still some slots available, Terry. Uh, Nuhad isn't far away. Is, yeah, what, what's, no. what's the latest? Yeah, Nuhad isn't far away. Luke's, brave, Luke's, brave. Brave, brave, exactly right. Brave, brave, brave <laughs> isn't far away. Brave Bill, I've got the kind of the stable name for him as well. Uh, no, New Hat isn't far away. Uh, we're waiting until we uh, sell the entirety of him. So we've got about 30% left. We're going to pull the hammer down this Saturday. Okay. Um, whatever's left over, Luke and I are just going to go halves in. So Luke's like Luke's happy enough to keep it himself. That's how well. Uh, he is she, 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 she. She, she is traveling. Um, so, yeah, if you are interested, um, flick Luke an email or message uh, Bernard or myself um, and get involved. I think we'll have a horse racing very shortly. And I think we've got a horse that can go through the grades and, um, and win us a, a couple of races as well. So I think it'll be a lot of fun, BJ. Absolutely, yeah. Really looking forward to that. Looking forward to those one-one colours as oh, well. They're going to be uh, some, something to behold mm. as well. Um, before we actually, we've got a special guest on today, Terry, uh, champion group multiple group one winning globe trotting trainer Dan Morton. He'll be Danny Morton will be joining us very soon. But before we do, remembering Dan and uh, Brad Willer teamed up to win the group one winner bottom stakes with Elite Street. Unfortunately, a bit of um, a bit of an incident at Bunbury yesterday with Brad Willer, uh, f- uh, I guess, falling to the turf aboard a horse called Imprudent. Um, that was in race two at Bunbury yesterday. Looked the horse, the horse, it looked bad, didn't it? And the, straight away, yeah. It was the, the unexpected fall because the horse, it looks like the horse clipped a, um, a toe clip or tripped over its own feet, basically. Mm. And um, he stumbled and um, 
was was obviously rushed to hospital, but uh, it was quite alarming to see the post on Twitter from his sister Stacy Ruilla, who said, yeah. "Brad, this was yesterday post post the Bunbury meeting. Brad unfortunately has a punctured lung and broken collarbone after his fall at Bunbury. Terrible timing, but he'll no doubt be back in the winner's circle in no time, like a true Ruilla." That was followed up this morning with a further update that says, "Unfortunately, Brad has a couple of back fractures." Gee whiz broken ribs and a fractured shoulder blade um two-thirds of his lung has collapsed and he will get a drain put well drain put in this morning he's also likely to need surgery on his collarbone that's uh that's horrible that's horrible yeah no, that's um, with, car crash stuff isn't it that certainly is yeah yeah no thoughts with brad and his family and hopefully he can make a full recovery and um and then get back to to riding because he's uh, absolutely flying over here as well at the moment so um yeah horrible news and horrible news for wa racing's riding ranks as well because he's really added a, a point of intrigue um for he us has. As well. so yeah just wish him a full recovery yeah everyone, everyone the one one and i'm sure everyone in um, across the nation wishes brad a speedy recovery because that's um that's no good at all so um on that i think it's time we uh jump on the phone and have a chat to dan morton terry what do you think i think that's a tremendous idea and it's our pleasure to welcome champion trainer dan morton to the one one g'day dan uh, good morning guys champion trainer wings nicely <laughs> <laughs> you told us to say it before we came on <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not coming on. <laughs> I, I gave you a bigger rap earlier in the show, didn't I? I said he was a globe-trotting group one, multiple group one winning trainer. Now, um, <laughs> speaking of globe-trotting, uh, obviously uh, we're referring to your deeds with the one and only Scenic Blast, the champion sprinter that he was. Now you've got another potential champion sprinter on your hands, which is what we'd really love to, to chat to you about. Um, Elite Street, you have penciled him in for a – Melbourne Autumn campaign kicking off with the Lightning Stakes. Can you just give the listeners a bit of a rundown on, on what, what your plan is with your Melbourne Assault if you're taking any other horses and uh, I guess what your strategy is to combat any – or if there's any sort of COVID-related related issues that you need to combat from a logistics point of view? Yeah, I'm taking Kith on all four checks across as well, so three-year-old filly that raced really well for us through our carnival. Um Looking forward to getting her across there as well. But, um, yeah, logistically-wise, um, you're sort of in the lap of the gods a little bit, but hopefully getting out of here shouldn't be an issue. Um, and we've booked on to go on the 1st of Feb, so Monday the 1st of Feb. We'll fly across. Um, and I guess then, you know, like I say, you're in the lap of the gods a bit with um, getting back quarantine-wise and whatnot. But um, as long as we can get there and compete, then... Uh, deal with the rest of it after so when when is the lightning uh mid-feb so 13th of february okay and so they'll both start on that same day sorry yeah they'll both start the same day all going well there's a good uh three-year-old Phillies race over 1450 okay so when you get to flemington i take it you're going to park up at flemington we when we were chatting yep. the other day you said you might give one or both of them a, a jump out in the lead up to their fresh runs on the 13th of feb Especially for the for elite street down the straight, sometimes they can be a bit all at sea. So um, he'll have a trial down the straight on the Friday. After, um, I'm sure of the date, but on the Friday after we get there anyway. So um, yeah, and just to give him a bit of a look down the straight, and a bit of a pipe opener, and then um, the Saturday week after that he'll he'll race. So 
why why kiss on all four cheeks, Dan? What can you tell us about about her? You had quite a few, I guess, males and female quality um, three year olds who ran through the, I guess, guineas and champion fillies preps and kiss on all four cheeks and uh, snickerdoodle dandy, Queen Brown, Kalaroo. I think you won the um, the uh, Burgess Queen and the Faritha on on your um, during the spring summer carnival over here in in perth what why why her and um and what what's the uh i guess what's the ceiling for a horse like kiss on all four cheeks yeah um, we, we're quite excited about her um sort of not sure where the ceiling is yet at the moment obviously she's young but um yeah and it, it it fits in really good for her there are just a good little series of um three-year-old village races so she could just race against Sam six and um She's come through that last prep in super order and I think come on even again. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to her getting across there and sort of seeing how she measures up against the better fillies. It was a pretty uh, easy game, the uh, the horse racing caper during the uh, the carnival for you, Dan. But there was a uh, fairly strong um, rumor floating about, going about as it does in, in racing circles. That uh, kiss on all four cheeks was uh, always your favourite, or the stables uh, sort of number one uh, three year old. And there was obviously a fairly strong contingent uh, of three year olds, as BJ alluded to. It was funny as punters, we we often saw kiss on all four cheeks, absolutely, including. Um, for both of her major victories, she was absolutely out the door um, betting wise in that sense. But is it is it fair to say that she was a three year old, inclusive of Snickerdoodle Dandy, Empire Rain? Um, is she the one that you were and still are most excited about? Uh, I'd have to say yeah. I think um, she's just seems one of those fillies that's just got a fair bit of X factor about her. She she keeps us on our toes, and you know track work wise, she she. You know, reels off some pretty good sectionals and uh, really looks the good. So, you know, if she can keep a managing check going forward, then um, she's the one I'd say, yeah, three or the ones that we're most excited about. What about Elite Street, Dan? What can, what can you tell us about this horse? He, I mean, I was just, t- we were just chatting um, before you came on about his emergence. Um, he was always a horse that there was a lot of, I guess, um, Good vibes about before he even raced, actually. And um, I mean, he got beat in a maiden at Pinjarra back in May. Then he rattled off a series of wins, and he's gone from a 72 plus on the 7th of November, knocking off Long Beach and Highland Beat, and then launched into a winter bottom stakes, three wide, no cover the entire, wait for age and wins like incredible stuff. Um, when did you know that you had um, like a potential Group 1 horse on your hands, and why did you go to the winter bottom this year rather than taking the conservative approach and go through the grades? And to your first question, um, we were very early doors. Um, you know, he's, he always presented as a very nice horse. Um, you know, he's a magnificent type. Um, he didn't go through a yearling style um, because he had, uh, apparently early days, he had um, x-rays issues that were probably going to, um, you know, pull him up a little bit, come through through a sail ring. But um, anyway, yeah, track work wise, you know, we always had a nice opinion of him. He's just a beautiful horse. You sort of don't, you know, to think that you've got a Group One horse on your hands that uh, you're sort of probably hoping rather than knowing. Um, and it's not until you get closer to a race like Winterbottom that you think, right, oh, we're a, we're a live chance. But um, 
to answer your question also to say why why this year and not sort of conservative it was probably um you know any in any other year normal year when the horses could have come across from the eastern states then we probably don't go to start because as it was he was on the cusp of not getting a run so um we were lucky enough to get the opportunity and the horse was in great you know, order at the time so um yeah like you, you wait another 12 months the other thing is with this horse he's, he hasn't been the soundest horse he has had a couple of knee ops and um, we've had to manage him a little bit you know fairly conservative conservative along the way so you think you know in 12 months time do you still have your horse or not uh, going that good so yeah we were lucky enough to take the opportunity you must have been um pretty happy to see that mirth and music didn't um go on and uh, compete in the uh, the Winterbottom Stakes. It was the only horse that uh, beat you home um, last <laughs> campaign when you came out as a $1.40 favourite on the 31st of May 2020. Under six months later, you're running in a Winterbottom Stakes and um, it, it's just uh, – it's quite amazing how much um, how much he progressed in such, a, in such a short period of time, Danny. Yeah, it really was. Um, and – Going back to the maiden, you're sort of thinking, how the hell did we get that? <laughs> how the hell did we get that? You know, stuff that up, which we consequently did. He didn't have way anywhere in fourth. But, um, and I went there probably a little bit too confident um, and probably a little bit underdone. And, um, yeah, we just sort of let him, sort of let Chris ride him a little bit close to the speed and a few things added up that day, which sort of gave us a bit of a lesson in don't do that again. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, but from that day, we just sort of made sure that we had him screwed right down the next time he stepped out. And right, a bit of a key to him is just to ride him a bit more conservative early in his races as well, so just make sure he comes back and switches off a bit. And um, then he finishes very good. So, yeah, luckily, we apart from not winning that maiden, he did teach us a bit. So, a bit of a sliding doors moment. What happens to Elite Street? If he doesn't gain a start in the winter bottom, did he? Was that was it Paddock? What was what was the plan for him? Because all of a sudden he's the field fell away numbers wise. He's gained a start um, as a fifteenth horse in a fifteen horse race. He's won the Group One, and now all of a sudden you're heading to Melbourne. What? It's just it's it's amazing how how the how that trajectory changed. What happens if he doesn't run in the winter bottom? In your mind? Yeah, like I wasn't um, I was under no pressure to actually get him there. Um, so, but we just figured that, you know, we'd have him ready at the time. And if he goes to start, great. If not, we want plenty of other nice races for a good horse. But it was just, you know, very lucky that we gained the start. And, um, and then because of that, you get the opportunity to go east because your rating goes up and you can pretty much dip in any sprint race that you want to now. But yeah, if that didn't happen, then um, he probably would have just had another start and gone to the paddock as he did. And, uh, yeah, we'd just be probably heading towards Roma Cups and whatnot here, which is still, you know, very exciting and whatnot. But um, luckily for us and the connections, he's got an opportunity to go east. And, and I do think he's um, I do think he's very capable. He's only had, what's he, eight starts or whatever it is now. So all things being equal, you'd like to think he can uh, improve on what he's already done. As we touched on earlier, Dan, you've been here before. You've been to to Melbourne and you've contested these sprint races in the past, most not, notably with um, with Scenic Blast. But the, the difference between, I guess, Scenic Blast and Elite Street was Scenic Blast had already 
had a couple of trips east by this stage, hadn't he? By the time he came yeah. back, yeah, he had. He so he did um, like say a couple of trips. He travelled there first as a three year old and won over there. So he was he was already racing at an elite level um, and sort of got himself um, up through the rankings that way to gain starts in the better races. So, um, but this guy obviously he's come off uh, restricted races straight into a Group One and. Um, we're throwing him in the deep end, it sort of would seem, but um, I'm confident that, you know, we've had you know, a fair few horses through our hands between Phoenix Blast and now, and I'm sort of confident that I don't think I've had one as good um, since then um, with that sort of, you know, capacity that you think can sort of go all the way into uh, you know, into that elite level. I'm pretty confident about that. So, so just for the listeners, Phoenix Blast went to... Went to Melbourne in the autumn, summer autumn of 2009. He won the Lightning, ran fifth in an Oakley Plate, and then he won the Newmarket down down the straight, Flemington straight six. So he won he won two of the three before, of course, going to uh, Royal Ascot and winning the the King Stand, and then he he went to Japan and Hong Kong and then America and then back to Australia. Um, what a horse he was, Dan. And um, so so does this horse give you the scenic blast feels? I take it he does. Yeah, he does. He really does. Um, and, you know, for for our camp, it was no fluke. You know, he got through to the winter bottom and it was no fluke that he pulled it off because he wasn't, um, you know, pretty much any time that he wanted to gallop time, he, he would consistently. And that's a, you know, you, your elite horses can do that for you, um, which he did. So, like I say, it was no fluke that we got there. Um, and, to compare with a with a horse like Phoenix Blast, I don't think I've had one in between that's been. You get horses that are close and they can reel off things and um, consistent sort of race horses like a Dainty Tess and probably Waterman Bay, and we've had a few along the way that have been very handy horses. But um, I think this guy's he's got that little bit extra that you need to um, compete properly at the elite level consistently. We've we got to be a little bit of an insight into how you know how highly regarded this horse was we had brad parnham on the the one one i think it was a week or two prior to the to the winter bottom and you could see in his face and hear it in his voice how disappointed he was that he had to forego the ride due to his commitment to union pacific and of course chris parnham um had to had to miss out on the ride as well with with his with his um prior booking uh what was he run celebrity celebrity queen for for the um, peter's investments um so there was Terry and I both picked up on the fact that this is obviously a very, very serious horse um, and we haven't necessarily seen the best of him yet. But um, Brad Rewilla deputised successfully on the day and and got the win and, and obviously you're aware that he had that nasty fall at Bunbury yesterday. Um, you've got Brad – you had Brad booked on top of the mountain at Ascot on Saturday and, but prior to if – you, if you've got anyone in mind for that ride, who's, who's going to be riding Elite Street on Kiss on All Four Cheeks in, in Victoria now? Um, yeah, so very unlucky for Brad yesterday. Um, and getting back to the boys, Chris and Brad had um, both won on Elite Street and they were both very excited about him as were we. But um, heading towards the winter bottom, given that we weren't guaranteed a start, it made it really difficult for the boys to commit and while getting pressure from other stables um, to try and nail down riders, you know, rightly so, you don't want to be going into big races, you know, Leaving to the last minute, so it sort of made it difficult for them. Um, and luckily for us, 
um, Brad or a winner had come across, very experienced and um, gained the ride and got the job done. So it's a little bit of, you know, probably luck for Brad and bad luck for the other boys. But, um, yeah, moving forward, um, this Saturday, I think, um, likely I've still got to speak to connections, but probably Paul Harvey will take the ride on top of the mountain. Um, and going east, of, we've actually organised um, Mark Zara riding in the Lightning, given that it's weight for age and he um, can make the weight, no worries there. But um, And in the um, new market, it's still yet to be 100% nailed down, but um, mm. it's looking likely that it'd be Damien Lane for the market. So are you, are you going to the Oakley play it? No. No, okay. So, so just Lightning... And new market, and that's it. Yeah, I'm happy to um, love his horse. He races very well with him based out just that little bit. So, um, given that those two races are three weeks apart, it's ideal for our bike. So, yeah, happy just to go for the two races. Okay, all right. Well, all the best in your trip to Melbourne, Dan. We'll be watching with interest, and it's good to see some more WA representation over on the big stage after everything that happened during the spring with um, with Pikey and Team Williams going across and representing us so well. Before we let you go, Dan, I've noticed that you've um, – well, you've all, always – you're a massive investor in the game and you've got some – some big owners and you're um, you're always investing in yearlings and um, always got a good two or three-year-old in your stable as, as we've spoken about. I noticed in the last month, six weeks or so, you've had some, two, uh, some two-year-olds that have trialled really nicely. You haven't, haven't raced them just yet. Uh, what, what have you got, um, any insight for the listeners as to what, what, what we can look forward to from a talent point of view from Morton Racing? Yeah, I think probably this month's going to be a fairly point month for us, but... Um Moving forward now, we've got, you know, we've been trialling up a few more, um, and I think come next month we're going to have a really nice batch of young horses again. So, um, yeah, pretty much you could follow, um, a lot of our young ones that are stepping out from now on. It's too hard just to name one, but, um, yeah, there's, uh, I reckon from next month on we should be up and about again. And will we be seeing, Horses like Kalaroo, Snickerdoodle Dandy, Queen Brown, Empire Rain, those other horses that we, that we mentioned, will we be seeing them this autumn or will they wait till maybe the winter or, or later in the year? Uh, I'll just sort of wipe the slate clean for a few of those horses and just let you know, come back to um, lower grade races, especially horses like, um, or pretty much all those three. Um, Snickerdoodle Dandy, unfortunately, she's going to leave our care. She's going across the to, I think Peter Moody, so um, she's one unfortunately that won't be in the mix. But um, yeah, with the others, um, also like Calaroo, they're all very capable, you know, Saturday horses. So um, yeah, a little bit of luck, we'll, we'll be in for uh, another nice order. And before we let you go, Danny, uh, to bring up Scenic Shot, it's actually one of the horses that got me involved, interested in racing. It was my, my old man's. Oh, really? Yeah, it was my old man's favourite horse. And I remember there was a day at. Um, Oh, I can't remember what race it was over in Queensland. It was about two, three, four hundred to one. It was just any old price, and um, he basically declared it. And it was it ran second or third, I think, that day. It was probably a moral beating as well. And um, I don't know why. Yeah. Something about that horse and what it did. Then went to a Melbourne Cup, and I think you ran. Oh, I can't really run the Melbourne Cup, but you competed nah, in the Melbourne. No, we're in the Melbourne Cup, but just a being one's good enough. But uh, yeah, no, it's just a horse that got me interested. He he was he was he was a good horse at two too, wasn't he? Scenic shot, mate. He he was. Bulletproof that horse, and always said, "I was." You know, you look back now and you go, "Oh my God, how lucky was I had scenic shot 
scenic glass racing at the same time, and mm. they're both genuine group one horses every week. And scenic shot was freaking bulletproof and raced from two till ten. Um, and he, <laughs> I sort of laugh looking back now. If you look up his record, you just think, what the fuck? He raced in the, well, he raced in the, um, what is it, the race coming up, the Magic Millions as a two-year-old at his second start in probably should have won it. He got speared off. Um, I think Lock the Vault won the race um, and Louis had two in it and I reckon got a near one. But anyway, you race as a two-year-old in that race, which is obviously an early enough two-year-old race, all the way through to a Melbourne Cup, two Cops Plate, two Demon Cup, um, Brisbane Cup. Oh, and he raced in every race. Well, McKinnon Stakes is on well, pretty much every race. Running a derby as, as well. Yep. Yeah, run third in the derby. Um, <laughs> what an ultimate all rounder. Yeah. I remember it was Shane Scriven that rode him in his final win. In a, he carried the grandstand yeah. in a, um, oh, what was it? It was a listed race over East, wasn't it? Over in Brizzy. The members. Yeah, yeah. The members. Oh, he was amazing. Yeah. yeah. He was one of those yeah, very few that. horses that we just, uh, you just, you followed him blindly, basically start after start, knowing he'd be a profitable horse long term for you. He was a, yeah, um, yeah he was incredible. Freakish. And you know, Early, my brother looked it up one time, and I haven't, he's all over stats, probably like you are, BJ. I never look at stuff, but um, he raced in a phenomenal amount of Group 1 races before he even won one, mm. and then he ran, and then he won three. So, like, Did I'm, he win three I'm in talking. the end? Yeah. A million dollars more than Phoenix last year. Yeah, right. People don't realise that. He won a McKinnon, a... Two Doom and Cups. Two Doom and Cups, yeah. So that's his three great I got a theory about some horses that they compete to what level they're running in. So you could drop scenic shot in a you put it back to a class three or something and he goes okay and then you put him into a group one, he runs the same. Like he competes to the level yeah. of horses he's against. I reckon you're right. Um yep. and that's exactly what um no matter where he was, no matter what trip you put him over, no matter where he raced, he just competed to that level. Like he knew yep. what he had to do. So yeah, always one of my favourites and uh, probably why I'm yeah. sitting here and not in an office job somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah, BJ touched on the fact you got the one runner in this weekend in top of the mountain. Um, I thought it was a brilliant trial leading up to his debut. Uh, he got well back for Brad Pranam and hit the line nicely before. For the wide gates, uh, sort of forced Brad Willer to snag out to last on debut. Um, beaten a long way, but thought he really hit the line nicely. Um, what, what do we think about top of the mountain's chances on Saturday? Yeah, I think uh, you could expect to see a lot of improvement in him. I Normally speaking, would have two trials going in, um, but you know the race sort of presented, and I thought oh, well, I can wait another week for another trial and then go to race or pretty much just treat this one like a trial, which we did. Um, and like I say, he sort of got back and he was still very clean um, when he straightened up in the straight. He wanted to dark him in and do things wrong, but his work's been really good since, so I'd expect to see him improving a fair bit off that run. Very good. Thanks, Dan. And and also, will you be heading across with Elite Street on and Kiss on All Four Cheeks or one of your staff? How, how's that going to work? Uh, no, I'll go uh, yep. for sure. So I'll be myself and uh, Dan Swan, one Dan, of our yep. crew. Yep. Um, we've snatched both those horses that are racing here at work. So uh, just be the two of us. And we'll hopefully be on the horse playing with them. And, yeah, we'll just be there for the entire and uh, hopefully get a bit of luck. Yes, well, we're wishing you all the best of luck and we'll no doubt be cheering on um, your team over in uh, in Melbourne this summer autumn and all the best from everyone here at the 1-1. Uh, thanks, Will. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Daddy. 
Okay, Terry, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Miss Andretti Stakes Day at Ascot. We're recording the 1-1, the West Australian Racing Podcast. At, uh, it's just after 11 o'clock on Thursday, the 14th of January. Pinjaro is racing today. Esperance is on Friday. You're one of your happy hunting oh, grounds. Well, I'm, I'm actually, I'm very enthused. Yeah. Very excited about uh, what's to come at Esperance Friday, BJ. I'm going to lob something up. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We're probably going to see a price first. That's okay. the thing. You don't know how excited you can be about a runner until they uh, pop a quote up. And then we figure out what bowler we can find to try and get on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so look, look, Terry's very much looking forward to Esperance tomorrow. Ascot and Geraldton are on Saturday. We've got two meetings yes. on Saturday, which is good. And then there'll be some lays up tonight as well. Lays? Yes, I had the week off last week, but we'll be getting back into the lay day, lay days. So yeah. we'll, uh, there's a few I want to take on. So look for those. Yeah. Okay. Same. And if you want to, um, if you want to always get Terry's lays when they come out, I think you can do like notifications on Twitter, oh. and, and they alert you. <laughs> hey, and uh, oh, so, so make sure you, uh, yeah, you don't miss out on any of the Guru no. content, the premium stuff. So we're back in the Great Southern on Sunday <laughs> with the Mount Barker Sprint Day, hundred hundred thousand dollar Mount Barker Sprint, just to wrap things up on a big week of racing. For those doing form in that race, I'd just uh, highly recommend to look at the fact that this is an 87 plus compared to this 72 plus we saw a week ago in the, uh, the Fitzpatrick. So um, a lot of those horses you will see are very, very, very poorly weighted um, in the race. So just a, a pointer to anyone having a look at the uh, Mungrup. Is it called the Mungrup? It is the Mount Barker Sprint Tab it's Touch. not the Mungrup yeah. anymore. The Tab Touch. Yeah, the Brad oh, Bet. Okay, the Brad Bet. The Brad Bet <laughs> Sprint. But do you know what, BJ? You can stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels, WA Racing, Mastermind, and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competitions. Bit of housekeeping, Terry. There we no leg up this week. As I said earlier, I'm on paternity leave. But mm. um, Terry and Daniel Cripps, I don't have those things to worry about just yet. <laughs> Not that we know of. So uh, <laughs> they, uh, the boys, two of the very, very best, they will be, <laughs> they will be recording an edition of the Wild West. If you, if you want more Guru, more Terry in your life. It's too um, much, isn't it? Betfair Edge. If the notifications aren't enough. <laughs> Betfair Edge, SEN, he's everywhere, our man, uh, PRG. Tell him about the Betfair Edge program on uh, SEN. 9am. You can also jump on the SEN app and get the uh, the podcast version of it. Um, but 9am, 6, 5, 7am. Even if you don't go on, just go on and download the um, the podcast because I think if, uh, if we get enough listeners, they might let me keep doing it. But uh, I don't really know who's listening. It's an odd time. Well, it's not an odd time, I guess. 9 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Miles Fitzner is my co-host. We've got Marty Allen on this week. And Crip comes on for a very quick uh, – gives his best of the day. So for those that uh, are too tight us to jump into – Crips Racing subscription service. You can jump on there and um, and have some of his best. But uh, no, it's a lot of fun. Goes for an hour, and um, yeah, the guests basically come on for fifteen minutes and just um, tear me a new one and jump off the phone. So that's it. Marty Allen. Marty Allen. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to Marty. He's got a good little book, and then he's got Fleur. Fleur. <laughs> I can't even do that. That's a lot better before. Uh, he's got Fleur. Flo in on Sunday, so there's a fair bit to discuss with uh, with Marty, so I'm um, looking forward to it. But more importantly, BJ, the 1-1 one, one is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Okay, so Ascot, Saturday, the 16th of January, is Miss Andretti Stakes Day. Let's get cracking, Terry. Mm. The rail's out five metres. We've got a maximum of 36 degrees. Sunny winds easterly, 25 to 40 kilometres, decreasing to 20 to 30. Gusts, well, it's, uh, it could, it's all happening on, uh, Love on a gust. Saturday. Uh, 
What are we thinking, Terry? Well, we saw the Big Easterly a fortnight ago. Was it a fortnight ago? I think it was a fortnight. I think it was yeah. Perth Cup Day. We saw the Big Easterly a fortnight ago um, and it played as fair, uh, as fair as you would like. So, look, the Easterly didn't do its usual um, on-pace dance that day, but the key thing to remember is – when you're looking at a, a set of data over a long period of time, more often than not, when the, with the easterly in play, it is very, very difficult to make ground. It's going to be a hot day. We're racing uh, early. We're back to the 12.43 start rather than the 3.25 p.m. start we saw last week. So, look, sometimes you just have to um, look at um, look at that, that little data point as an outlier and the overriding data from uh, years and years and years and years of Ascot data is that when there's an easterly, it is very difficult to make ground. So I'm going to be allowing for a track um, where those closer to the speed are suited, but we're going to keep an open mind as always. Race one is the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Maiden. Only a seven-horse field to kick things off. How are these maidens going, do you reckon? They're yeah. just flying. Seven-horse mark, and this is a four-horse maiden because I reckon three of these you wouldn't consider horses, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> this is um, – They shall remain nameless. nameless. Yeah. yeah. So actually, you know, so number five, I'm just going to call them by their numbers, I think. <laughs> Number five and number six, dearie, man, what's going on here? Uh, very, 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 very thin race. Um, uh, this will probably be my uh, one of my biggest bets of the day, though, BJ. So, <laughs> well, I think sometimes when life gives you lemon, do you know what you got to do? Make those lemonades. Uh, speed map-wise, I found it difficult to analyse who is going to lead this race. We might see some aggression from Paul Harvey in one with Molly McGee. I think Ginger Knight from the wide gate is choiceless in regards to a first or last and has led and has shown some speed in the past. So look for Jason Whiting, who looks to have had the choice between Ginger Knight and Molly McGee. Look for Jason Whiting to rock forward here, I think, BJ. Mm -hmm. And Magic Her Magic's Heritage is the one with the most gate speed. The blinkers go off, expecting that Magic's Heritage probably crosses and leads from six with um, maybe Ginger Knight on um, – on his outside, but look, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty keen on horse number one here in Talon. As I said, this isn't a race I really wanted to get too excited about or too stuck into, but I've marked Talon $2.30, and I'm going to tell you why I've marked Talon um, as short as I have, BJ. So tell on, me why. Tell me why. So on debut, uh, Talon has uh, gone around at a uh, million to one. Might have even gone around longer than a million to one on debut. Uh, and it ran a really nice fourth in eye-catching fourth you could say behind miss kentucky native chimes and agent j uh, obviously if any of those three are in this race they're probably they're dollar ten they're sub a dollar ten probably in this race um form tapered off a little bit as the campaign went on but you can still look at the fourth behind lording and dark city in that race beat home domineer grand randell who have both broke maiden since south star who's been Stiff not to do so, but more importantly, um, we have a look how he went uh, first up last campaign, went to Kalgoorlie in the famous plunge race, the IC Red, IC Red plunge race. IC Red. <laughs> Mitchie Pateman, a big trial from IC Red the other mm. day as well, actually. Uh, Mitchie Pateman was in the saddle. Uh, it was a really nice second, beaten 1.3 lengths, which I think will look pretty uh, pretty good form the more IC Red races and continues to progress um, in his, her career. Unsure. Um, but the biggest thing from that race was 2.3 lengths further back was Brave Dream. Brave Dream came out to win um, win its next two. It, look, it's just – it's form and it, it's names that these other runners simply don't have um, alongside their name. The horse's two best performances um, in regards to a data sense have been with Mitch Payton in the saddle. Mitch returns here from barrier three. I think he lands on the back of two pretty questionable leaders. Um, yeah, look, I, I think we're basically – what we're doing here is – 
we're paying, we're taking the four bucks or so about Brett Pope to have this right. I think yeah. if Brett Pope had this right, then it wins. So um, <sighs> Brett Pope and myself probably don't have a huge affiliation as a punter and trainer combination, to be honest, BJ. But um, look, I, I've marked Talon $2.30. That might look a little bit thin to some, but um, I just think if Talon is anywhere near his best, he maps well, he's got the right jockey on and he just wins the race and um, I'm happy to have a pretty big go here. Okay. Uh, I find Brett Pope's the, – the Brett Pope stable probably the hardest stable in, in WA to get a, to get a read on. Um, and sometimes those prejudices can shape your, uh, shape your views, especially – Pride and Prejudice? I have not. Have you re- I'm sure you probably read it in English, no, English, English literature back in the day. I haven't. No, I haven't seen <laughs> the movie either. Anyway, I haven't seen it. Uh, although, cool. although there's a bit of a. What about this? That show on Netflix, Bridgerton. That's the. No. Uh, you, you'd be into that, wouldn't you? No, I haven't seen that yet. I've seen an advertising. I was looking big. for a good show, but I'm not sure if I'm going to go. My with Bridgerton. Uh, me, if my fiance Lee binged Bridgerton. It's uh, it's a big thing among mm. the the female viewership on Netflix. Okay. It's huge. So I'll probably tune in then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, reading, uh, I'm reading a romantic comedy at the moment. Actually, I was out of books in my household. You, you always surprise me. Well, Gary. I was out of books in my household, and um, I've, I've sort of I've got a fairly big bookcase. I like to get through about a book a week, <laughs> and um, like, I've read all these. What am I going to do? I used to date an author actually. BJ back in the day and um, I found her book there and I was like well she gave it to me so I opened it up and I thought I'll read this book that uh, this girl gave me back in the day and um, I've opened it up and there's about 12 words per page and I thought what's going on here and it's an absolute horror show so I'm um, yeah I'm glad I uh, I'm glad we broke up anyway um, continue you're talking about this maiden so <laughs> that big bookcase really threw me. I'm going to have to check out to see how big this bookcase is. Hey, um, bookshelf. Yeah, bookshelf. Mm, bookshelf. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was a flip of the coin race between Talon and Ginger Knight. I went for the race fit Ginger Knight coming off. Um, that, I think he was I – thought, I thought his first up run in was good, come to – Come to town, ran third. Was big gap between uh, behind Walchino and uh, the horse of uh, Stefan. Walchino, 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 Walchino. What was the second horse in that Universal race? Universal pleasure. Universal pleasure came mm-hmm. out and won since. Then was beaten in a three way photo down the straight thousand at Pinjarra. Um, hopefully, Jason Whiting's positive from the draw. Rolls forward and um, just a process of um, elimination. I've got Ginger Knight on top. Uh, I can. See exactly where Terry's coming from, but I'll be staying out of this race. From a tipping point of view, I went Ginger Knight to beat Talon, and they were the only two horses that I was really inf- interested in. I must say, I think I'd love to get hold of a horse called Belafonte Boy. I reckon it's got mm. wins in store. It's gone first up 1,400 on the 9th of Jan. That was last Saturday. Back to 1,100, blinkers on, riding change, gate two. I don't know. It's, it's a sort of weird sort of a concoction going on there, but I think Belafonte Boy is a horse. He might even be the horse with the most upside in the race, but uh, I don't think he can win this. I don't know. I tipped him and backed him last week, actually. Um, didn't thought, get didn't get a lot of luck at No, times. I thought it was the wrong ride. Yeah. Belafonte Boy is a horse that's off the bit at the 600 most starts and um, needs to be muscled into it, and you'd prefer to see a sustained run. Clint went back and looked for runs. It was just... I get very frustrated, BJ, when I feel that um, a jockey or a, they're not given the instructions to maximise the horse's tools and uh, and strengths. And I think that was the case with Belafonte Boy. I don't think it costed a placing or whatnot, but uh, I'm not sure if back to the 1100 is all that suitable, but I agree. It's definitely got some upside. All right. 
so Terry's launching race one. I am staying out. Race two, Own the Dream 2021 launch plate, 1,100 metres for the two-year-olds. If you missed our interview with uh, with Dan Morton in the um, in the fall edition of the 1-1, one, one, he, he mentioned that he's likely to be siding with Paul Harvey as the replacement rider for number one top of the mountain in this race. But it's a two-odd race with a, I guess, a small blend of race experience versus trial form. The um, the winning trial of Amelia's Chant, uh, over $100,000 yearling purchase from the Simon A. Miller stable. Now that was enough, especially with William Pike in this, that was enough for Amelia's Chant to come up favorite in this race. 245 at present and the uh, the other trial winning debutante, uh, talk about you is 280, they dominate the market. However, for me, it feels as though this is a race that I can find something around those two favorites. Um, do you agree with that sentiment, Terry, or are you looking to lock in one of these fancies? No, I agree with you. I, I, I think uh, what we see here is two youngsters who were both obviously got plenty of ability, but both managed to find the top in trials and run along. And a lot of these youngsters are educated to jump and run and rail. And it's going to obviously be a different story here. Um, Amelia's Chant, when Kira Yule rode it in a recent trial, looked to have uh, plenty of gate speed. So I do think Amelia's Chant can probably cross and find the fence. But it's not a certainty, especially with Dion's runner underneath Green, Green and Shady, Shady. Yep. Um, who goes, uh, who looks to go pretty quick in the 400-meter jump outs we have seen to date. So, I mean, if Green and Shady does kick up and lead, instantly I reckon Amelia's chant and uh, to especially talk about you from Barrier 8, they're in a… Um, cactus, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, I wouldn't say Amelia's chant is cactus, but mm. I'd say talk about you is probably cactus at that point in time. Mm. So, uh, major, major risk there. Even if they go forward and take each other on, this is the 1100 as well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that can be telling on debut when they've obviously trialled over the 1,000 metres and fitness maybe some type of issue. But, um, yeah, I, I think we can look to get them beaten. Um, um, Glacier Miss is one you want to talk about. But I'm, I'm pretty happy side with um with danny morton's um with runner at the, at the current quotes it's not a race i marked as such it was more uh it was more on field but i thought the um as i mentioned talking to danny before i thought the debut trial was really nice uh didn't begin all that well so i'd, I'd like to see improvement in a that's the key i think a that's barrier amount of yeah. sense but i reckon from barrier 11 last start when brad Willer had to snag i reckon he actually Begun a lot better. Yeah. Yep. So I think he just had to snag because of the draw. So look, I'm expecting top of the mountain. Hopefully, um, it's not an impossibility to land somewhere near a 1 1 here. Um, from barrier four, 10, 11 bucks each way. Uh, I don't want to have a huge go here, but um, I definitely want nibble. to. I definitely want to have a little each way nibble. Mm -hmm. I think just a. <laughs> It's <laughs> a, little, a little chew on this one, I think. So Danny Morton can't do much wrong at the moment. All right. So I think that with the Easterlies involved, Green and Shady's gate speed that it's shown in, in trials, Amelia's Chant will be looking to go forward. Marty Allen's always pretty uh, likes his horses to, to roll as much as possible and talk about you did its best when uh, finding the rail in front in that uh, in that lead-up barrier trial. So there's been a bit of support for it this morning since, mm -hmm. the, uh, since the odds went up. I... I think those three will be jostling out in front. There'll be a bit of pressure up the top. Are they strong enough to absorb that pressure and, and still withstand some closes? That's why I was leaning towards Glacier Miss and Top of the Mountain, which Terry Terry um, mentioned. I'm going to side with Glacier Miss, has race experience, ran third behind a couple of handy horses, um, in my opinion, um, uh, on debut. Was it was a 50-1 
that was actually quite a strong two-year-old race. It was a full field of 13 runners. Jason Whiting was on board, uh, six-carat one, and a horse called Hear Me Sing, which is a full relation to Watch Me Dance. Hear Me Sing, very well-regarded youngster from the Steve Wolf camp. Uh, this run was was as good as the winner, as good as the second-placed horse. There was a bit of form behind her as well, Glacier Miss. From two, I think she's going to get the going to get last crack at these leaders if they run along and Glacier Miss just gets sucked into the race behind them. Bit of galloping room. Uh, top of the Wazza, maybe the horse out uh, – top of the mountain, rather, maybe the horse outside Glacier Miss, making it hard for Joey as a party to find galloping room. However, if he does, I think Glacier Miss can wear down these leaders and be basically the last horse standing on the mm-hmm. line. But but I'm, I'm with Terry. I, I think that – Top of the mountain price is definitely value. Yeah, yep. yep, I agree with you. If gun to head and I was getting the same price, Glacier Miss, top of the mountain, I'd be with Glacier Miss. Yep. Um, just, but when you're talking 420 compared to 11 bucks, uh, the value is definitely with the uh, with the latter. We love a long-term game here at the 1-1, BJ. Absolutely. So moving on. All right, let's watch those two clear out and win by six now. <laughs> yeah, Pike and, Pike and Parnham going strive for stride again. It was again. interesting to see how Simon Miller's two-year-olds go this year because by his lofty standards, uh, I think he had a pretty quiet year last year with the two-year-olds. So um, We'll have to ask him that when we get him on the show soon. Very, very soon he will be on the show very uh, shortly. So I'm um, very much looking to that in coming weeks, looking forward to that in coming weeks, I should say. Okay. Race three is the People Start Handicap, 1,400 metres, ratings 72+. plus. Um, not a bad race, this. However, I think that just about every person uh, across the globe would have black booked last of the line last Saturday. It was a huge run first up in the cryptic love. Are we are we talking about cryptic love no, yet? I'm, yeah, I'm, are, are, a few we, are, we, are we prepared to go there at the well, moment? A few people have asked me because they obviously know that I was following cryptic love very closely and I said we will get a good quit out of cryptic love at some stage this, this campaign. Yep. Um Probably at a price too, because I think some of the um, some of the unlucky runs have been a little bit hidden. But um, look, I could not, I did not think Cryptic Glove was a Maddie Derrick horse. I didn't think Cryptic Glove was a fourteen hundred meter horse. So I didn't have a cent on it at the sixty seventy bucks last week, um, which was uh, very upsetting. But at the same huge, time, I never huge considered... uh, huge on the exchange. Yes, huge. Was it three figures? Was what, it hundred dollars plus? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to look to be honest with you. So I. Um, it was well. It was, the, it was the ride that won the race as well. They're, they're all trying to go wide and circle them, and um, yeah, it was just very simply the horses that saved saved the ground. Was that, um, was that, was that that'll be a good form race? Going was that too. was that Maddie or was that La- uh, Rail Ramoli on Cryptic Love? Like, yeah, hey, it was, it was a it was a rails hugging ride. It was Rail Derrick, wasn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was a super super win. So unfortunately, we're not going to get our Cryptic Love fill this campaign. Uh. As hoped, but um, look, as as I just mentioned, I think this will be a very big form reference going forward. Last of the lines off the seven days uh, trial was super prior to that. They opted to snag. Um, I think they were sort of willing to do either. You could see yep. Ryan Hill bounce out last start and said, okay, I'm going to have to use a lot of fuel to go forward here. First up. First yep. up, exactly right. Went back and it's a position it's never really been in in, in the past. Um, last of the line, in all fairness, it's a horse that's got 10 out of 10s and he probably – Probably did get another ten out of ten just about from Ryan Hill, but that, that's that's the best he could do from the gate. Um, last time well, out, well, actually, last the line and Cryptic Love were side yeah. by side. They're racing, they're running in pairs. Last the line goes has to go yeah. around Cryptic Love, follows the rail, and it, what did he get? Beat? He had to go. He did have to go. It was one and a half in the end, so yeah. I think he did have to go wide. Um, of course, the way the yeah. race was set up. If, if yeah. you swap the positions, you probably swap the result there. Um, 
but we couldn't find a better speed map for him here. Um, I, I actually can't. I'll be surprised if this isn't most people's best bet on the entire card. It just looks such a suitable setup against so many horses with question marks against him. So Maginica, who is huge first up, um, Christy Bennett jumps on. And, geez, Christy Bennett is riding seriously well at the moment. You really need to respect her three-kilo claim. Horses, um, I love to talk about horses running for jockeys. Horses are going for about... They're going, loving her. Oh, they? they're absolutely loving her. Yeah. Um, so Maginica will lead them up here. Maginica is a better horse, fresh, despite being a little bit long in the two now tends to do his best running um, fresh in his campaign. So look for Maginica to big lead run, him. big run the other huge, day. Huge, yeah, yeah, it was huge. Look for Maginica to lead him up with the um, with the big Easterly in play, and he's he's not impossible to yeah. pick it. If uh, it was my second pick, I think. Maginica, yes, yeah. yep, definitely. It was a clear second elect for me too. Um, but Maginica should lead him last of the line. Should be hopping onto the back of Maginica, but. A lot of that will come down to what Lactar does on War God, and if War God does kick up, then you're probably talking. Um, last of the line will either end up breezing or I'm expecting more aggression from Tycoon Storm, uh, who will now be ridden by CJP. Um, Tycoon Storm has been a little bit flat at, um, at her last couple. So I'm just from the wide gate. I can't see the stable just saying, all right, let's try to sit her again. I think there might be a bit more aggression showing here deeper into a campaign, but that's just a thought process that may not eventuate. Um, she's obviously very talented, but I, I simply can't have her with the setup of this race. Then just a quick go through of the rest. Tollman with the six, he's already a query, but Tollman's off 35 days. Phone me, is a query at this level and is off 35 days. Fred Dagg's back last. Paris and George is a horse that really needs to wind up and rev up into its races. I don't know with the big easterly and the suit maps for Maginica and last he'll, little he'll be He'll be launching, but too late. He will be, yes. Yeah. He'll be definitely launching um, very late. War God needs to build into a campaign. Wait for uh, wait for him to drop a few points and probably the senior to go back on with War God. Um, I think that's that's the entirety of the field. So I just simply don't have a a horse to beat um, no, last absolutely. of the line here. So what, so. Did, you, what did you think when the, the local uh, agency <laughs> went up 370 this morning? I wish I didn't have a restricted account. <laughs> <laughs> I and just, just to just to put into context, it's two sixty at time of recording at the moment. Yeah, two sixty two sixty is still a cracking price yeah. for me. So I, I've marked uh bear with me, I've marked last of the line of flat even money. Um and I marked um Maginica at six dollars twenty. So I, I think we can have a reasonably confident bet on last of the line, comfortably your best bet on the card. And I'm not afraid to make sure we square up on Maginica at the nine, 10 bucks as well with the Easterly in play. And I'm really Kay Bennett. banking on, and Kay Bennett, exactly yep. right. I'm really banking on a leader leaders back type setup and um, and that should be your race. And I'm, I'm pretty confident they'll probably run the Cornella, but I'm more confident that last of the line will um, we'll get the Chockeys. Yeah, that, that run last Saturday, Beautiful platform run for last line. Yeah. Wouldn't have heard him. He actually has run some pretty. I don't know what your data says, but I reckon he's run some big figures during his first preparation uh, in fast races, and some of that was was stalking the, the hot speed as well. So if if Chrissy Bennett wants Bennett wants to roll along, and Ryan Hill wants to hopefully stay in Medjanika's slipstream, then that the horse will thrive off that, especially with that grounding run last Saturday. Sj Stephen Miller. Doing uh doing really good things at the moment with his with his team at this uh, early stage of 2021, 55 kgs looks set up sweetly. Last of the line, very keen. Just wins, huh? I think so. <laughs>
Uh, what price uh, you had Maginica second elect as well? Second elect. I, yeah. I didn't get a chance. As I said, I didn't do my leg up or yep. my best bets work this week. So I didn't do any markets, but he was, uh, I had Maginica in the ranking second, second mm-hmm. five. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, at, at the current, you're talking sort of 250, 260, and then nine bucks. You can easily sort of have your, it's the type of thing you can have your eight and a half. You're betting 10 units, have eight and a half units last of the line and one and a half on Maginica to make sure you don't lose on the race. Take a little bit of cheese off the top, but um, yeah, no, very keen. Bit of strategy there. Just from a, the yes, just to clarify as well, just that compared to talent in the first for a, a yard, I don't have a huge amount. Um, of success with it's definitely a far larger investment on last of the line far more confidence on okay. last of the line just for a confidence rating bj love it race four the amelia park handicap special conditions graduations 60 plus over the 1400 meters i imagine uh, i haven't checked the market just briefly giant leap has to be all the rage doesn't it yeah, he is. He is all the rage. He's the only one I, I was really super keen to be on, but I knew he'd never hit my price. 215, um, 220, sorry, yeah, listeners. That's, yep. that's thin. That's very thin. I mean, you've got to look. I mean, I know Giant Leap was unsuited at the 1,000 last start, but <clears throat> well, well, Giant Leap's put in a couple of was, runs. Was he unsuited the way that that race was run, no, he though? could have been any better suited. That, that race shape was incredible. Was how slow they went um, up front. He got in the three-wide line, sort of got sucked into it with, with like – yeah. Should have uh, been a gift from should. there, really. Night Voyage was deep the trip. Again, Christy Bennett. Kay Bennett. Uh, yeah. It was deep the trip, no cover. And in all fairness, Giant Leap was in front everywhere bar, bar yeah. the post. Yeah, it was um, out-bobbed, out yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the big thing with this race is your speed map. So you got uh, Peppy Jack from six, you got Be Quick from eight, and you have Classy Macro, who will now be ridden by Joey as a party from Barrier Nine. I'm expecting they're going to have to go back on Saucy Jack from 10, but if they try and be aggressive, that's another sort of element to the map. Um, from there, just in behind them, you've got Bruce Almighty from one, Grey Wolf Seminole in Brave. three. Seminole Brave doesn't have to be too far from them. So and the, the, the Fagazzi, Sean McGrady, has been bouncing him out as yes, well. Yes, yeah. exactly right. So the Fagazzi can be close as well and is probably better suited back to the 1,400 metres. But it's just going to be a messy old map in front. Giant Leap probably gets somewhere close to last again but this to me has all the hallmarks of a race it'll be a last man standing type job it'll be a mess up front it'll be something finishing over the top of them giant leaps the obvious in that sense um i'm expecting him to to work past him his best form has been at the 1400 Mm. still not i don't think giant leaps Going to be a top liner for Bob. Um, I remember saying that about Regal Power before he won an All-Star Mile. And, tr- and truly great. And truly great. I did definitely. I said truly great will be a dispersal horse, I think. <laughs> um, I, I can't see the same improvement in Giant Late, which probably means get on him for next year's railway. Um, but I uh, I do think the race setup looks perfect for him. The other, the other runner, and I thought we'd get a better price than what he's gone up. I'm going to be looking to bet on the exchange BJ Late. Um, pending what the pending what the market does is the the horse right down the bottom in Western Rhythm. Mm. Um, reckon that I reckon that this uh, this mare has had very little luck in her short career. What was going on in Albany today? Well, it was just God. that was that was one of my favourite betting races for the year because uh, Aussie Galati from the Awkward Barrier travelling down to Albany. It's gone up 
I think it went up two dollars twenty, and Fangio went up four fifty or something like that. And it was just, just the most incorrect market. That's why I love the country stuff. They're just they're little nuances that. I mean, Aussie Galati from the wide gate, and a horse is going to take a sit. That you know, I wouldn't take ten bucks. It's kind of two twenty type of thing, you know. And Fangio was backed off the mat one accordingly, um, but I just put a line through that. And you go, oh, it was beaten. It didn't run on. It didn't do this or that. Just I just genuinely don't even. You don't even need to watch it. You just see Aussie Galati from ten gone back on a massive leader bias Albany surface, and just put a line through it. Previous run, it's got excuses when My Fair Valentine nicked at mid-race. That horse has won again since to make that form look a little bit better. Previous start with Carlene on with a different ride, just about wins Almost a good thing, that $100,000 yeah. race, and she didn't claim that day. Um, and then you go back to some of its previous runs in its career. They're, they're huge They're huge runs. They're good numbers. Uh, recent trial was good. Um, that, was, that was a good trial, actually. There was two behind that that caught the eye. If you Listeners, if you want to catch a couple of top-notch top notch trialers, TTs. look at the two behind Western Rhythm in that trial. Yeah. Yes, very much so. So I, I just think Western Rhythm uh, with the 54, it's a 60 plus 58 rider, but I think um, she easily could have won another couple and be carrying sort of 56, 57 here. And I always look for horses that are yet to reach their mark. So um, look, I, I think Western Rhythm can run you a race. I was hoping to see something high teens each way. Would have made it a nice each way bet for me. But I think with the likely support for Giant Leap, the fact that the Figazi, Peppy Jack, even Be Quick, Bruce Almighty is going nicely. Had a good... Collect on Bruce Almighty mm. last night, actually. The place at, um, what was that in the Mandra Cup? About 12 bucks a place. Anyway, a little trumpet. Um, but I'm expecting there to be a fair bit of money. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think we can wait and grab some $15 plus late Western Rhythm each way. Unless we're seeing 270 late Giant Leap, um, that'll, be, that'll be me, BJ. But uh, yeah, race I'm not as enthused to get too involved in. I'm a bit more bullish about Giant Leap's ceiling and his upside mm -hmm. than, than Terry. I think... I think this horse has just been raw and has been doing everything on pure yep. pure talent. His his thousand meter it was just an odd race from Peter's investments to to um, select for Giant Leap's first up run, but he was still backed off the map and was in front a stride before and a stride after the line. So um, they almost they almost pulled off something that I didn't think they were capable of pulling off. I think this horse is uh, is going to charge his way through the grades. I think he just wins on Saturday. How the the case that you make for Western Rhythm is the case that I kind of wanted to make for Seminole Brave as well. Mm -hmm. Three wide, no cover. Second up the other day, he uh, thought he he was still, as the name suggests, brave. Um, he was a bit neward late in his race. Uh, boxed on really competitively, considering how much work he did and and punching that breeze from four. I think he's going to get the the run just behind. And as Terry sort of mentioned, the the map. There's going to be some there's going to be some gate speed, early speed in this race. Seminole Brave from four should be able to land in a suitable running position. Um, uh, clear galloping room on straightening. I think he's capable of boxing on into the finish. I reckon he might even look the winner at some stage before being swallowed up late by Giant Leap. But I think we're in, a, in agreement that Giant Leap, all things being equal, should be winning. Yep. Uh, Terry Terry's thinking about something outside the square being Western Rhythm. My thought process on the on the similar scale as to what the guru was alluding to will be Seminole Brave. I'm looking hopefully for a similar $15 plus mark on Betfair on the exchange late. I think we'll see it. I think that giant leap will take up a good 50% of the book on the yep. exchange late. Um, but we'll probably see it win. We'll see it win well and we'll say, geez, probably overmarked that. I think I've got giant leap at about 240 in a 90% book. So, I mean, you're talking 100% book. It's not far off that $2 mark. But... 
just can't take them when they're um, thinner than my quotes, unfortunately. So this will be a race where I dare say I'll probably take the Western Rhythm price late, watch Giant Leap win easily and um, I lose on the race, which I got pretty right. But, but, um, but, but hunted well. Punted well. <laughs> you like hearing that from me, don't you? How'd you go at Bunbury yesterday, Terry? Oh, I didn't ask, but I punted well. <laughs> um, but yes, no, giant leap for me. If we do get a little price late, I'm happy to play, but uh, it'll probably be Western Rhythm and it's um, Seminole Brave for a bit of value for Bernard Ryan. Okay. Okay, BJ, it's now time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. That's right, Terry. The Mundaring, it's been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day. Let him know you're a 1-1 listener. Feed, flutter, froffies. It's all happening up there. Beautiful spot to be, especially in, in the summertime up in the uh, in the hills, Mundaring. Congratulations to episode 59 WA Racing, sorry, 58 WA Racing Mastermind winner, Tim Marlowe. Tim got all the uh, the Perth Cup themed questions correctly, all four of them, and uh, that's his his first victory in the Mastermind. So congratulations, Tim! That one hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. So to be crowned this week's Mastermind, you'll have to answer the following three questions correctly. I have two, and the Guru has one that he wants to uh, whack in on the end. So we'll start off at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Question one, who rode Miss Andretti to win the Miss Andretti Stakes, then known as the Ruaybon Stakes, back in 2005? So who was the jock who rode Miss Andretti to win the Ruaybon back in 2005? That is the question. Bit of a whatever happened to you there. Question two, name the WA-based stallion, currently standing at stud, who won the Miss Andretti Stakes back in 2016? Mm, He's uh, got some two-year-olds going around at the moment, actually. And I'll throw to Terry for question number three. Question number three. Um, It's good to be on this side of the fence for once. Question number three. In the last decade, uh, Mitchie Pateman delivered arguably, not arguably, it was the The, best. The the best best ever salute. that I've seen, just about I've ever seen, uh, in a munger up sprint. What horse was he on? That's it. Yeah, of course. We needed to whack a Mount Barker sprint race into uh, question into the competition because the Mount Barker sprint, of course, is being run this Saturday. Sunday. Sunday, rather. So question one is correct, Terry. Thank you. Uh, the book. Uh, question two, no, negative. No, I didn't think so. Yeah. So Breeding is not my thing, as you know. They are the three questions to be crowned this week's mastermind please send us a, your answers via direct message on twitter at the one one pod if you miss those questions they'll obviously be post on our twitter feed later this afternoon okay bj race five interesting little battle for the three-year-olds here in the uh in the schweppes plate over the 1200 meters schweppes schweppes swepervescent all eyes here will be on magical dream um pretty similar for me uh set up here in the fact that it's it's the horse you probably want to be on like giant leap in the last but um whether we see an acceptable price or not is the next question i think the first thing we need to look at here is um is a speed map for magical dream because i think a lot of people will see the fact that it was jagged back to last um at her last three outings but at her last three outings she's drawn eighth of 10 8 of 10 12 of 14 and 11 of 13 and jade mcnaught was forced to go back um in races with a reasonable amount of tempo so from barrier four shades are going on that's a real sign of intent isn't it one-eyed 
That's uh, that's oh one eyed is it? Yeah. So the horses, the horse has been ducking in quite yes savagely un- yes. under under pressure. Blinkers ah, near, near side. side. Yeah, so yep. I missed the missed the near side. So that does make sense. I when I was following this horse last campaign, I was really excited about William possibly hopping on for one of the features. Yeah. Um, because while it was ducking in like that, I felt. Um, with Pikey in the saddle rather than Jade McNaught. Um, and Pikey's obviously a very strong hands and heels jockey and there isn't a better sit and sprint jockey in WA, if not potentially in Australia. Uh, I thought the horse would have – he could have corrected the horse himself with his style of riding. So the, the near side blinker going on um, is definitely a positive, but William Pike in the saddle is the biggest positive of the lot. And gate four as well. And gate four. Yeah. I think they can probably settle three pairs back, one off type thing. And, and with normal luck in the straight, I think Magical Dream should be winning. But back to the 1,200 metres, a little freshen up with the Easterly in play. Um, there's just still some risk at the – you're talking $2.30, $2.20, $2.30. It'll need to be revved up to win, won't it? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. So, look, I think she should be winning. I don't want to bet around her. But um, I look at a horse like our Danny, who's absolutely flying last start and really got to respect that victory last time out when she sat um, she sat three deep the trip, had no right to, uh, to hold them off there. It was a really, really, really strong victory. This map looks slightly more suitable for her and the fact that I think she can find the outside of shock result here. Um, how much pressure she gets from Bumper Humper, I'm not too sure. But look, from the breeze, if she gets uh, if she gets uh, a nice little head start on Magical Dream, who could find a few traffic issues, she's more than capable of nicking it. Um, one horse I'm expecting big improvement from, I won't be on, is um, is all-day session from the barrier. I think yep. you can um, get a nice little cart into the race. I love Mitchie Pateman going on these type of horses and um, expecting all-day session at um at close to 20 bucks uh, to improve but um no for me it's um for me the race should be won by a magical dream but i think our danny can um can give some cheek bj you did that whole spiel and you didn't even mention our man mike santich lacta yeah, ramoli starfield impact first up yeah, it was a nice little uh, nice little trial for Keshaw Duran um, down the 400-metre little whackouts. But uh, I don't know if Starfield Impact came back the same horse last campaign. So uh, happy taking on Mike at my peril, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, at your own to peril, my, that's for to sure. My, to my detriment. <laughs> and uh, one little small little comment before I give my mm-hmm. spiel. How's Keep Your Feet Going with the um, at the barrier draws? It's yeah, it's uh, yeah, stiff. So set, uh, jump from seven of seven first up, ran second to Madame Toria. Ten of ten, uh, second up, ran second to our Danny, beating a breath, as my father would say. Now it's jumping from barrier ten of eleven, and it's basically the widest gate because Bumper Humper probably goes forward. So, yeah. Um, one thing I will say is last time out, it was the race you wanted to be in the three wide line. I thought it had every mortal chance to win. I thought the wide gate was actually. It worked out in favour of keep your feet. Um, so yeah, I think if it couldn't win that one, it can't win this one mm. from the wide gate. That would um, that would really add a bit of fuel to the Chris Parner versus William Pike fire. If uh, Chrissy Parner can, can get, get this uh, one, home, can yeah. get him up from barrier ten, but twelve hundred, uh, twelve hundred as well might be. Yeah, I might, think it's suitable. Yeah. But I mean, he had every mortal from the wide gate. It's just. Yeah, you just you've just, just got to suspect just, Magical Dream saves the ground, and I think Magical Dream's a better horse as well. So yeah. there's just um, there's just so much in the favour of Magical Dream, and even our Danny over Keep Your Feet. So it's a great use of the claim from Luke Fernie here, I think as well. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm obviously with Terry and with the market as well. Magical Dream, that one-eyed blink. I thought some of her well, her Belgravia Stakes win was excellent. Just 
come from last, tracked up in the three, four wide line, peeled Jade McNaught, just swooped upon them. That was a good, good field. Um, knocked them off. I think that was Mystical View ran second. Gemma's son and Watch Me Dance were in the photo there for third. Like it was a, it was a good as the Belgravia always is. Then her Burgess Queen run behind Dan Morton's um, Starfield Snickerdoodle Dandy and Kiss on All Four Cheeks was huge. Come from last on um, on Melbourne Cup Day that day and uh, ran third. And then her Champion Phillies run was was big as well when she's just ducking in, having to come from last on a on a heavy eight. Freshened up, so it's been what sixty-three days between runs. It just yeah, look, this is a really good option. First up option, twelve hundred meters for Magical Dream. Um, even luck in running, galloping room. I think she's going to put these away. Too good, class yep. up, class above. I'm with you. Um, but um, so yeah, what just about we want to probably just about we want to dive into yep. the price wise, you know. So as you said, there's some minor risk. I I just think there's better spots to go at two dollars twenty, two dollars thirty. In saying that, probably ends up trading a dollar ninety five or something just because it's going to be the the boom horse, the gate, the one eyed blinker. Um, there's a lot that's um, there's a lot that's in her favour, and um, yeah, it's the type of uh, the colours that get crunched, and the two dollars thirty might look like good shopping in the end, but um, I'm I'm. Um, well, so what what 50, 50. what what price do you do you two sixty would probably get me yeah two sixty would get me here so um it is and it is a game of those thin margins for me to be honest with you I could watch her go around win at two dollars thirty and I won't bat an eyelid okay so more strategy from the guru mm. race six the crown sports bar handicap twenty two hundred meters this is a fascinating little middle distance affair for the riding sixty six plus brigade. What do we do with a few of these horses, Terry? Like that, that feeder race, which was the Perth, on Perth Cup Day, it was the last event, the Get Out Stakes, twenty-two hundred meter graduation. That day was won by Hook Barthead Hook. and gave Christy Bennett a winning treble on Perth Cup Day. That was uh, incredible stuff. Um, sort of come from last, a conspicuous last. Circled him, we circled him, and won. Fended off Winifer, who's also in this oh, race. Tell you what, I had, an, I had a few froffies by that stage of proceedings, <laughs> BJ, and I had an absolute launch. At Winifer at the I think 45, 50 bucks bet fair, and abs- I had an absolute launch at that stage of the day. I was already on Casa Rosada, so I bet the pair of them. And um, at the 200, because I know that I knew the amount of work that Ukbar Ted had done to that point in time, and I thought this has got a tire. I thought this has got a tire here, and, and Winifer's going to go straight uh, straight past it. And um, then yeah, about the 80, you could tell that wasn't going to occur. So uh, I calmed down, and then I was like, oh, at least I backed it for the. P- no, I didn't bag it for the place. Good stuff. Very, very astute. About eight bucks a hole. So, um, no, good punting once again. I, in the same race, Just I actually had salt in the truly great wound that was gaping. I had something on Baramagic in that race mm. as well, and he circled the field, hit the front, and got swamped late and ran third. He's in this race as well. There are Maddies, weren't they? Yeah, there Second are Maddies. And third. Yep, mm. there are Maddies. Mm. Now, throw into the mix, Treasured Crown, who was Lactar Romoli, three wide, three or four wide. Thing. The entire, did he have cover? I don't think he no, did. He didn't no, have cover, no. It he was just a, sort of tried to take cover off Barrow Magic when he went around. Yeah. And he was a bit sloppy in the saddle. But it was its first run in 50 something days. Mm. Um, uh, so Treasure Crown is Romolu to Pike, Gate 14 to 5, has that grounding run now. And then you can throw into the mix two mares coming out of the Latrice, which is 1800 meter group three race. They ran fourth and fifth, respectively, in Lonsdale Lady and Defiantly. So there's a few different threads, there's a few different layers to this race. Uh, Terry, and then to top it all off, I see in the official race book, the uh, the guys that have put put this race book together have tipped the Roan Ranger on mm. top. So <laughs> not not sure about that. One. Not sure about that one either. No, but um, if it gets up, good luck to them. So there's a bit happening here, and there's uh, there's a few different pathways that um, that we can weave our way down. What 
What's your Halfway read? Am I going down? What's well, your read on this? It was easier this morning when the prices went up because there was a bit more. There was a little bit of meat there to to chew around. But uh, first of all, I don't know if the Rhone Range. I don't know if Black Melody in the twenty eight rock form is going to hold up. But we were just talking about um, scenic shot with Danny Morton earlier. The Rhone Ranger, and it's just a. This is just a feel thing. Gives me the feel of a horse that will compete at higher levels. Um, didn't know how to win for a long time, but I, I'm not expecting the Roan Ranger to be disgraced here, but it's nowhere near my price. I'm not going to consider the Roan Ranger, but there's two horses I want to consider here. Look, I think Ukbar Ted will, I think from the wide gate, I, we've just got to take it on. Um, I think horses eventually just get to a point where um, they've already peaked or, or whatnot. So Ukbar Ted's one I'm going to look to take on. Lonsdale Lady, the jury's still out on exactly how she's going. Will she stay? Um, from barrier nine, does she have to go right back? What are they going to do? You know, because we know um, Kieran's openly said, Kieran McDonough, the, the trainer, has openly said that they they can't lead on the horse uh, for her own well being. Um, so they'll be looking to take cover. Rearwoods, um, we know how good she is, and she's she's more than capable of blousing this field at her best. And to be honest, if I'm not successful this race, I sort of hope um, that she does come out and win because um, I know she means a lot to Kieran, and uh, he does a very good job with the horse. But for me, the two we're going to look at a treasured crown. Um, we can probably put a line through the last run. I just think that the question we need to ask is, can Adam get her to improve enough in 14 days um, fitness-wise to to win this race? She'll get a cuddled-up run here midfield. He. Uh, he will get a cuddled-up run here midfield. <laughs> Pikey will produce at the right time. Uh, everything will be um, in this horse's favour. Um, we know that he's probably the one with the most upside in this race. Well, not probably. I'd say he is. Lonsdale Lady is the other, I'd suggest. Um, it's just about whether we can improve him enough in, in the 14 days, and that's something we can only um, we can only sort of guess on. Um, but Defiantly was just so good in winning at Ascot a month ago. Um, and then in the Latrice, as a 65 Raider in a Group 3, was just so far out of her depth um she sat deep the trip and she kept on coming to the line like, i thought her run was just so so big if you go back through defiantly's form a she's a horse that goes for lucy warwick and b she's a horse that holds form um once she finds once it, she so. finds that sweet spot yeah, yeah she does barrier four and five there's weak speed in this you're going to see blaze and kazar roll forward with um with frosty heart probably look it's weak speed they should be finishing over the top and i think you'll find that uh, defiantly and treasured crown are the two we can only speculate on how well treasured crown's going but we've we can be pretty confident defiantly can hold form and, and run another good race of that nature so i'm going to be looking here to to probably back defiantly save treasured crown in a in a race that's not overly exciting but um it'll just be two out in the quaddy for me did the form last night and i Felt as though I might be looking at double figures defiantly, and she mm. ended up my on topper uh, for all the reasons that you you mentioned. That win two starts ago was actually a, a, quite a fast race. Knocked um, got got the better of Aragain, who was a um, tearaway leader on the day, and uh, yeah, more more salt in the wounds there, mm. Terry, and. Um, just three wide no cover and they didn't it's not like they went slow in the latrice either they um they sort of dance music had them rolling along just a bit bit above benchmark to the 800 then they ramped things up and she was she was entitled to pop and um and sort of um, puncture but she didn't and that's a sign of a horse in form i'm on lucy warwick watch big time at the moment similar to what you were saying about christy bennett lucy just seems as though she's riding with a lot of Conference. freedom mm. and a lot of sort of um quiet 
confidence at the moment and um horses are really traveling for her um i think i'll, I'll touch on a lucy warwick ride two races from now as well uh, i think defiantly from four as terry said the speed's not great i just feel as though lucy's going to have this horse in the spot and um yeah i think it's a, i think it's a racing two as well defiantly and treasured crown Ukbar ted can it go back to last again circle and do it again or was that just a race shape thing it was an incredible performance under the circumstances lonsdale lady just a few trust issues there with her at the moment she's her, her she got held up a little bit too in the latrice and probably should have finished a bit closer but for me i'm trusting more defiantly and treasured ground the other two i'm with you dutcheroo Hard to know best prices here as well. It's this is a race where it's it's a bit sticky for me. I've got Defiantly three eighty, Treasured Crown four forty, so we can sort of take the five five fifty. But I'm expecting if you do that, one of them will end up significantly shorter. One will end up longer. longer. Yep. Does does Defiantly drift because it's the um, the country trainer? Does Treasured Crown firm because you got Durant Pike Peters? Uh, do they look at? top ratings and how they've gone and, and defiantly's last two runs suggest that it should be a clear favorite um in this race so it's, it's really interesting and it's it's a market i can't really predict how it's going to move but um i'm probably of the opinion you can take the two prices one of them will start shorter one will start longer which i'd be happy with race seven seacourt handicap thousand meter graduation special condition 60 plus raiders uh yeah there's a there's a there's so much speed in this race what did your map look like, Terry? I mean, we've got we've got <laughs> speed from crashing across with Nemiroff from nine. Prince Devoutly's returning from a long layoff. He's got gates people, I mean, not as fast as them. Then we've got Glasgow Girl with new trainer Brad Graham, who set who scorched the turf in her lead up trial win. Boss Taurus can go forward. Janora likes to go forward. There's Time to Sizzle likes to go forward. Uh, Weapons, 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 Sun raced outside leader the other day and, mm -hmm. and still managed to share a victory with Platinum Bullet in fast time. That was just that was a big run. That was a big run. Yeah. Uh, Boz Taurus from 11, who yeah. only knows one way, and Cocky yep. Joy tends to race pretty close to the speed. But exactly. They'll probably tuck in with Cocky Joy from 12. But, um, especially, especially if it's done, if, if everything has just been leading and winning in the lead up yeah. to, like, geez, they're going to be um, they're going to be going hard, breaking records early. Number off leads, doesn't it? I think so. Nemiroff misses the kick on occasion as well. We need yep. to keep that in mind. But um, when assessing this race with time to sizzle on, I think Marty's uh, probably got time to sizzle, ready to go fresh. With Matty Derrick going on, I'm not convinced that Matty's – because time to sizzle does have a few gate issues at times, uh, has missed it a couple of times. I I query if, if, if Matty's the jockey to, to ping the lids with time to sizzle. Um, time to sizzle has one sitting in the past, but I don't think – That'll be an easy steer at all for Matty Derry with a sit. And I, I, I'm probably just going to take on time to sizzle with the fact I think it'll get taken on here. Even if it does lead, there's got to be that much speed in the race that it's not going to get it soft. It's got some ability, but it's a bit chinky, isn't it, time to sizzle? Yeah, 100%. Reckon, yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I just think with the map and all that speed outside of it, even if he does, um, if, if she does happen to find the top, I think there'll be enough speed coming across and taking it on. So I'm looking, looking to take on time to sizzle. Uh, I'm going to take on Prince of Alley. Always take on a horse off a really long break. Um, you'll be... You'll get a bit undone by that at times, but um, look, all in all, I, I think off the 474 days, it's it's so hard to get a horse to win first up. They're going to have to take a sit here, I'd suggest, with the amount of speed in it. In saying that, looks pretty quick early in the recent trial, absolutely um, ping the lids and won in really, really nice fashion. So, look, we're taking on those two. We're taking out a big chunk of the market straight away. Weaponson was huge, can win again, but... 
how much works what happens are going to do our best breezes outside Nemer off with a horse probably three deep the trip outside of uh it as well yeah. so yeah it'll be a messy messy looking map uh like a jaguar probably ends up three or four back the fence um we'll be looking for luck with luck can win again cocky joy is an impossible barrier 12 could end up being a blessing in disguise in a messy race three wide line is flying is flying that mm. could be at the spot to be glasgow girls trial is impossible to miss glasgow girls top form probably just about wins this but um i don't think they go anywhere near leading this race um i think there'll be a few back the fence but look glasgow girls a very interesting runner one i'll be looking for a price late on betfair yep. 20 30 plus type thing which might not eventuate that might be ambitious but um i do think it's capable at top form but it's not one you want to back each way or get too excited about and then you've got rebel yell who didn't have much luck last start expecting western eyes to come out after being um after being pretty ordinary midweek not pretty ordinary it was just Probably a little bit below par, mainly because I had a fairly large investment in it. But uh, look, the one runner, which um, I don't want to have a big bet here, but I'm going to have something on a marked favourite is Emilius Contraire um, for the Simon Milliard. He's found some form again. Uh, really nice trial. And they went around in 58.83, so it was a pretty sharp um, a pretty sharp time they've run there. Didn't have the shades on from Natasha Fothful. Hit the line really nicely late. Uh, her top form is good enough to win this, and I think she does her best racing, as we learnt about her coming off the speed. So um, from barrier eight, look for her to be probably looks a, looks four, a good setup for yeah, her. Yeah, four or five pairs back, one or two off, and we might be able to see her um, swallow them up fresh. Shades going on is is the key here. It shows a, a sign of intent, a degree of intent from the milliard. But as I said, not a race I want to get too keen on, but I've got Emilius Contreras in an 80% market, so we can bet at about five bucks. So the 8.50 or so, we can have a little spec, but um, not super confident, BJ. Yeah, I'd, I had no idea. Absolutely had no idea when I was doing this form last night. And Terry basically went through every runner and gave the <laughs> gave the pros and cons, and, and, I, and, I, and I agree with basically everything he said i'm not too keen on this race at all but the two that i like were seven amelia's contrary eight glasgow girl i thought that trial was was too good to ignore glasgow girl has showmanship form last preparation um always a always a um got a bit of spark first up glasgow girl and um from two can that speed can just rush around rush around her and ryan hill can just have her in a rhythm um without having to um be be burning um, and can sort of retreat out of that early speed battle and just be that horse in the spot there. Similarly, Amelia's Contreras is going to be back further than that, but is going to be sort of sweeping into the race with momentum, whereas a horse like Laka Jaguar is going to be back, fence, 59.5, luck, racing well, but can it out, does it, will it be able to build the momentum needed to withstand some of these horses? So, um, yeah, and... I think late Betfair is going to, going to tell the story, Terry. Way a bit ambitious looking for my 20s or 30s there. With... Glasgow girl, potentially. Uh, but yeah, potentially. Maybe split the difference, like fifteens or something like that. Maybe I mm -hmm. don't know. Um, but funny old race. But for me, if, if I was gunned ahead, if I'm looking to to have a uh, have a play in in this race, it'll either be the seven Amelia's Contra or the eight Glasgow girl. Just about Dutchman at the prices. Yeah. But yeah, it's gonna <laughs> sticky, sticky, sticky. Yeah. yeah, very sticky. Opinions will be varied. Race eight, the feature of the day, the Miss Andretti Stakes listed at 1,100 metres, uh, 90 plus. But um, before, what a horse Miss Andretti was, Terry. Mm. Absolute superstar sprinter. And um, 
I think we, we've read the book. I think you've read the book. Good book. I think I remember you and Brittany Taylor were talking about the book and mm. when Britt was on the, the one one. David Mueller. And uh, she said it's the one of her favourite books of all time, the yeah. Miss Andretti book. So I'll have yeah, to get a copy of that. Yeah, that's a crack. I might have it upstairs in the bookcase. Oh, in that big in bookcase. The bookshelf, I should say. Sorry. Yeah, I might be able to <laughs> lend it to you. Um, yeah, no, it's a uh, an absolute uh, cracker. I was actually living in um, Wales back uh, as a young gentleman at the age of 20 and um, Miss Andretti was going to Royal Ascot to take on Takeover Target. Gen- and, gentleman. Um, gentleman. 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 Yeah. And I, um, and I yeah, jumped on a, on a bus. I was pretty short of funds at that stage of proceedings and um, I jumped on a bus and um, my last uh, – we had about – I think we had about – Jeez, about a hundred quid, I think, until we got paid, and it was thirty pounds to get the bus across to uh, to Royal Ascot. We paid very cheap accommodation, 10, 15 quid. We kept enough to get a few froffies on the day, and I had about twenty five pounds left over. And I said, I'm going all the way to put this on uh, Miss Andretti. So I went across there, and uh, we had our little bet on Miss Andretti at uh, at five bucks and uh, five pounds. I should say, and uh, got the job done. Takeover target ran fourth, and um, Magnus, yeah, Magnus I, I ran just third. About, yeah, it was a oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, right. That I wasn't, was, that I wasn't was, as I wasn't was as the, much of a purist. That was the two thousand and seven King Stand Royal Ascot. I backed up four days later. Went around at about a dollar seventy, and as. I often say with sprinters, very hard to back up, very hard to. I don't like them on the short turnaround, and I think, uh, I think she failed, uh, she failed miserably um, four days later. But uh, no, it was quite the experience, and uh, one I will never forget. Didn't wear the top hat though. Didn't get the tops and tails. You did not. No. So you haven't had the full raw. No, I haven't. Experience. No, it's something we'll uh, post uh, post pandemic. It's something I think we'll uh, we'll tick off. So I uh, might go up to Broome and then just keep going up to. One one travel tours. Yeah, one one travel. That's that's gotta be the next stop, isn't it? <laughs> that's the obvious progression from here. So, so Miss Andretti, thirty one starts, nineteen wins, two point eight million dollars in prize money. What a star she was. She won a winter bottom stakes here in the West back in two thousand and five. A Prince of Wales stakes was then um, partly sold, I believe, and ended up with Lee Friedman. From there she won He kept David kept twenty five percent. Yep. Is that what happened? Was yep. it? Yep. Uh, from there, she won a Group 1 Manicado, a Scalacci, a Lightning Stakes, which is the race that Elite Street will be targeting, an Australia Stakes Group 1, Newmarket Handicap, beat Gold Edition, what a race that was, one of Kingstown. Absolute machine was Miss Andretti and uh, raced in um, in the UK and then had a crack in uh, at Sha Tin as well in a Group 1 Hong Kong Sprint. Absolute, what a, what a star. And I uh, have, to, have to get a look at that book off you, Terry. Very good stuff. Many leather-bound books up there in the uh, one for the, the battlers that was with uh, leather bound. <laughs> uh, one for the battlers that was for uh, for David Mueller. Um, and the other horse I can remember of David Mueller's is a horse called Finnegan's Gold. Finnegan might have won a Narrington Cup. Yeah, I think you think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I had a little yeah. Went all, went all right with Finnegan's Gold, but uh, anyway, the Miss Andretti Stakes, uh, the listed race over the eleven hundred meters, a ninety-plus rated event. Uh, let's speed map this one first, BJ. Sure. Um, Mervyn comes across and leads. Um, Mervyn will be definitely starting, my sources tell me. Um, little hoof absence last start, so I don't think it was anything too uh, significant. It's a horse that um, tends to go better fresh. Uh, err, tends on, to, err on the side of caution. Err on the side of caution, exactly right. Tends to go better fresh, doesn't need a huge amount of work um, to get up and um, to be 100%. So look for Mervyn to cross these and lead. I went back and watched a few um, of his 
his recent battles with Indian Pacific and Caracapo, or Indian Pacific more so, and just to make sure that he'd get across pretty comfortably. And I think he does here. I think, uh, and I don't think anybody will want to take on Mervyn knowing it's going to cook them. Um, the key for me underneath Mervyn is, and we saw Indian Pacific be too quick for Caracapo last start, but the interesting part here will be, I think Jason Brown will be really keen to hold Mervyn's back, and I think that's the spot you'll want to be. I thought Caracapo was a lot showed a lot more gate speed than I expected the other day. That was um very he looked very sharp, didn't he, over the thousands? He so, certainly did. Yeah. He certainly did. Up made to- made Indian Pacific just burn a little bit early, which was yeah, which he was did. A, a fascinating he tactical. It, he ended up getting it soft as part of the out in front. That that was a gift to Indian Pacific the other day. In a race where I mean yeah, there wasn't a huge amount really in that once once Mervyn was scratched, there's a reason Indian Pacific started a dollar seventy on the exchange. So, um, but it'll be interesting here if Caracalba kicks up, makes Indian Pacific sit in the breeze with fifty eight and a half. I think Indian Pacific's got to be one of your knocks for the day, and that's I know that's probably a, a pretty big call, but it's at the two dollars thirty or so. I think we can look to take on Indian Pacific here. Um, horses find a reach a mark eventually. I think he will tighten up a little bit from that run. He was obviously a month or two between runs with the winter bottom stakes. Um, and he's all class, don't get me wrong. But um, I noticed he was a little bit wobbly on the on the turn. Um, in, I know I know he's got well-documented knee issues mm-hmm. in the Pacific. So I just thought he was, um, yeah, like he didn't rail all that all that well on Saturday, um, two weeks ago rather. Um, just, something oh, like, just, just something I know. And his speed, mm. speed. But once he balanced up and Chrissy Parnham riding like a demon, like he was always going to gonna get the cash. But, yeah, I just know. I just thought that it was interesting to know that he just sort of was a bit wobbly, I thought. But mm. um, but that might have been a, a fresh thing or it might – who knows? But it might have just gone the wrong leg or whatever. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm looking to take on Indian Pacific as well. I think we got it, don't we? Yep. Um, Mervyn actually meets in in Pacific for their last meeting. Um, anyway, sorry, with the speed map, we'll finish there first. Yep. Um, so from there, uh, I mean, if Indian Pacific finds it back in Mervyn, it is, it's going to be super hard to beat. That'll be the, the perfect trail you want, especially with the big easterly in play. Uh, Misty Metal from nine. Interesting what they do there. Do they, I guess they come across with Indian Pacific and try to try to slot in maybe a 1-1. One, one. They oh, could, no. if they jump and sprint quick enough, try and find the breeze, but I don't think that's going to be a possibility and Indian Pacific won't be too keen to sit on the back of Misty Metal because they'll probably have to make a sustained run from the five 600, I'd suggest. Um, she doesn't have that speed, that electric speed. No, anymore, not like she used to. No. Not like she used to, I don't think. So they might, I mean. I think they, they're reluctant to use it anyway. They might yeah. even want to just ride her cold and see if she can hit the line or mm-hmm. something. But um, she actually went okay last start. Yeah, she was Misty good. Metal. thought she went pretty well. But um, then you've got all the back markers. That's whether you want to delve into that. So I think straight away you need to make a decision as a punter if you want to say, okay, I think this will be dominated by the on-speed horses. Or you say, well, Mervyn coming off a setback in the Pacific, getting a tougher run with more weight. Uh, Caracapo potentially just being a length off the top liners. Do we want to take them on? Do we think they're going to stop? Do we think that we can see horses go past them? Essential spice for me, Pete, last start, up to the 1100. Pike off, can't have. Uh, why choose her was huge. Uh, Samazdat, I think, did the bullocking work underneath runners. Didn't actually get the card into the race. I think I think Samazdat would improve. Yep. Was good late. And then there's obviously Flirtini, um, who Pike is jumping on for. The wide gate doesn't look ideal, but if they're stopping any in front, these races can change complexion quickly. So why choose her as a standout of those runners for me? Probably three or four back the fence. Um, Lucy will be looking to dissect the field and get through. Look... It depends which way I'm. you want to go with the race. Uh, the way I'm looking at playing this race, BJ, is I'm going to back Luke Fernie and Mervyn in here. Um, I'm, I, I think the big weight swing on Indian Pacific from such a narrow margin last time they met, the Easterly in play, the horse in front over the 1,100 metres. Um, Mervyn's 
Mervyn's been a very good horse to me over the journey. I've enjoyed the ride you have with a horse. It's foolproof. You know what he's going to do. Like with a horse like White Cheese Herb, we're going to be we're going to be several bait the fence, looking and needing luck. So look, I'm going to give Mervyn another chance. Currently six bucks. I've marked four eighty. I think we might see better on the exchange though, potentially just due to the fact that um, he's off a setback, but um, he is the 90-year eighter and a 90-plus, and you know I do enjoy that, BJ, but um, I am going to be chopping out on why choose her at the eight or nine bucks. Um, I just think um, I just think that uh, her form is is simply too good to ignore, and if the gaps open up, I think the four-and-a-half kilo swing on Flirtini um, could be the difference if, if they have a similar type of run in transit, and really, in theory, why choose her should have a softer run. Why choose her for me? Oh. Yeah. I uh, this mare's <laughs> flying, flying, so tough, flying so tough, flying, Se- Ryan. flying, That's your last flying, flying, yeah. uh, second in the jungle mist, huge, um, seventh in the jungle dawn, beaten one point three lengths, so that was uh, that was that blanket blanket finish with mm-hmm. several unlucky runners, then ran into them, ran into that son of a god race, twelve hundred meters. Who was the horse that led? That was Zebel, wasn't it? Zebel second. Why choose her? But it's a leader leader's back top it, setup. It was her. Why choose her summer scorcher run? As Terry said, was just too good to ignore. Mm-hmm. Um, Essential Spice is has an electric turn of foot, and she loomed like she was going to go straight past. Why choose her? And why choose her? Just put the afterburners on and just absolutely, um, just just drew clear, drew away from Essential Spice, who's a good who's a good sharp sprinter in her own right and just attacked the line with such ferocity over a thousand meters the other day for for Lucy Warwick. Geez, it was a good run. Yeah. Just and just the way that she lengthened and leveled and just that was yeah, that was the first time I think that I've really appreciated just what how much talent Why Choose Her has. Obviously, gate one doesn't have a huge huge amount of gate speed. Um, is gonna need plenty to go right. It's gonna need galloping room. This this has traffic problems written all over it in a way although Mervyn Ma- Mervyn to give Mervyn- a kick and even if Karakarp or, or Indian Pacific are on um, Mervyn's back I expect both of them to give good kicks too so yep. it's not like you've got a roadblocks. $100 pop yeah yep. a big roadblock right yep. in the way so um, yep. yeah it could well suit so I just think just the way she's going from gate one railing peeling space the 1100's more suitable as well. letting down I just think it's, it's she's undeniable her chances are undeniable why mm-hmm. choose her um, and um, yeah that's the way that's the way I'm going yep I like it I like it. It's a race, as I said. I'm really happy playing it in the the two sort of segments. You've got those horses up front, yep. um, and then you've got the back markers. And, and for me, Mervyn, the weight swing on on Indian Pacific and the prices that's obviously massive for me. Indian Mervyn's currently six fifty across the board, and then uh, you're talking the eight bucks for for Why Choose Her. I think's the the best or the most in form of the um, the sitting sprinters here. So um, yeah, I think we can you can sort of take one from the leading division and take one from the the back markers and um, have a play around do, the pair. Do you think there's a chance Cara Capo could get out, get out to a silly? Price bet for car, yeah. Just can Caracapo turn the tables on on Indian Pacific for the two kilo weight swing? Mm. It's but yeah, Carrot well, Caracapo has won several times in the past at a big price. Remember yeah. when Caracapo went around at um, it was in great form, I think it might have been won a couple in a row and went around about 30 odd to one. That was because this will test you was dollar 30. Um, but um, when we saw three starts back, Caracapo won a six horse race at. Oh, I think it was close to twenty bucks on on the exchange. He's so off, often underrated, isn't he? Very Carrick much. So I reckon you'd have a very good ROI if you followed uh, the Sam Trimboli owned Caracapo every start. Uh, he's gone around it, so um, just looks like a horse is going to be in the right spot. It's, it's going to be the right spot, and if he's but whether he's good enough, we'll see. 
we'll find out. But I just thought he could be the sort of horse who gets the squeeze, maybe yep. twenty dollars bet fair. I don't know. Maybe not. He's a first four horse, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Terry. Okay, BJ, I'm not actually going to say the name of this race because I can't pronounce the word as we've uh, we figured out in the past. But more importantly, it's time for the uh, the Get Out Stakes. The first uh, the first time we've recorded one in 2021. We've obviously had the Perth Cup, maybe, but it's the first time we've recorded one. But how do I spell Stakes, BJ? S-T-E-A-K-S, Terry, not to be confused with the other stakes, but this is the Get Out Stakes. And we actually had a little steak sandwich just, just to did. kick things off this Pre morning. Pre-10 a.m. steak sandwich. <laughs> Never, never too early to have a uh, steak sandwich. Concur. Concur. However, um, no listeners, just be aware there was no. This is a, there was a pineapple yeah, free yeah. zone this morning for some reason. I'm not sure. Pantry's running, running, mm. uh, running low it's been here. A tough start to 2021. <laughs> yeah, just, just the necessities at the moment. <laughs> a little bit of a blade steak in there. After, uh, after truly great, got rolled. Terry came home and ate, uh, ate. Uh, <laughs> his pineapple straight from the can so we're all we're we're all out here but um the extremely popular get out steaks is brought to you by market city meets the largest retail butcher shop in perth located at the Cannyvale markets on bannister road timmy hewitt he runs the show you swing past say good day timmy's team will look after you especially if they know that you are a one one listener congratulations to our episode 58 get out steaks winner adam highland congratulations mate hopefully you've uh, you've been in to see timmy and the squad at Market City Meets and picked up your Group One delicious um, get delicious. out steaks. Bit of sirloin there. Um, hopefully, you enjoy those when you fire up the Barbie, Adam. Now, to enter this week's Get Out Steaks Race Nine Ascot on Saturday, please hit us up on Twitter at the One One Pod who you think will win Race Nine and a decimal winning margin. Get Out Steaks. Remembering the Sam White rule, Terry. First in, best dress. First in, best dress. So, getting quick. And um, let's get cracking on the preview for race nine, the Quay Clean Handicap. <laughs> Never going to live that one down, are we? Fair enough. So, the Key Clean Handicap. The key, the key Clean. There you go. Very good. Got it right. 1,800 metres, rating 72 plus. This is a really good race to it's finish. It's a crack, isn't it? Just, this, this, is gonna, this is gonna have a lot of people, gonna have a big spring in their step. There's, if you like one, um, there's a bit of, there's, a bit of flesh on the bone, as Terry would like to say. Yes. And uh, and also, if you like something away, something away from the obvious, you're going to get inflated odds, I think. So, but it does look on paper anyway. A three-way race between the very promising four-year-old mares, Naughty by Nature, Rationale, and Aberdeen Queen. Terry, are they the three? And uh, which way do you lean? Those three will be heading the majority of the markets. Yes, I would say so. I, um, I. Well, you're going to be contrarian. Oh, uh, well, the odds, the odds aren't enthusing me as much as I'd uh, I'd hoped. I was hoping to see uh, Friar S chew up a bit more of the market. I don't think Friar S can win, so I was hoping to see Friar S with W Pike on board at the sort of around five six bucks, which would mean there'd be a bit more meat elsewhere. But um, I think the market currently looks looks pretty good here. Um, I'm, I'm going to focus on Naughty by Nature and Aberdeen Queen in particular. Um, I thought Rationale, while being really good last start, uh, found a far inferior, not a far inferior race, but a slightly inferior race. I don't think she's, I don't really want to knock Aberdeen uh, Rationale, though. It sounds like that's what I'm doing. I think she's extremely progressive, but um, she does get off the bit, requires a bit of luck. She might end up three or four back the fence here. No, I'm not four back, probably three back the fence here, or just in a little bit of traffic for Paul Harvey, who's riding at 55 and a half as well. And I mean, she was so strong at the finish the other day. She but was. The yeah. seas parted and she got the run, uh, was under pressure, was out sprinted and pocketed at a stage. Does she have that tactical, those 
those tactical weapons that some of the other horses have that uh, can get her out of a out of a um, pickle. If exactly she, if she needs right. To, yeah. I don't know if Naughty by Nature has the same sort of quirks, and she might um, have the fluency sort of from the six to the four to be off and going and, and nick the race when Rationale uh, is still trying to get into her work. So I mean, look, the, the key way to look at this race for me is we go to the Latrice over the eighteen hundred meters. Dance music nicked it. Naughty by Nature ended up on the wrong back. Um, absolutely murdered the line with Chantria on her back, and she held Chantria really well then. Um, but then we look further afield, and we, we go back to Aberdeen Queen, who was beaten um, a long way, five five and a half lengths, 5.2 lengths. Um, but Aberdeen Queen never saw daylight. It just And it never saw – She That's never, two saw, races she in never a row, saw daylight yeah. the previous start. And the prior outing, she wasn't 100% fit when trying to circle the field with a massive weight um, in the Grandstand Cup at Pinjarra. And that was after first up, she didn't have any luck um, midweek for, for the young apprentice. So Aberdeen Queen, I think, is the one with the most upside in this race. Um the just the, the, they're going to be varied opinions on how much forgiveness we can give her, but I, I can't see how we can't forgive a horse that's held up. There's a difference of being held up to um to putting in a shocker. So uh, marking this race, I found quite interesting. I had to give Naughty by Nature. I think Naughty by Nature is the one we know will definitely run the eighteen hundred. Um, there's a chance Aberdeen Queen. Who I think is better. It's, she has it's going to be a genuinely run race with Corporate Larrikin rolling. Yeah? Exactly right. I think if Aberdeen Queen jumps on the back of Corporate Larrikin, she can't win. Um, I don't think she's going to be suited to towing up the rest of the field. I don't think she's going to be suited to having to do the bullocking work behind Corporate Larrikin. So if I – and I will probably end up saving Aberdeen Queen, I think, here. Um, you'd, you'd almost love to see her three-back the fence on the yep. back of a Juicing Carrots or even Bella's Idol if they can jump out the gates and roll across and just be cuddled up and saved a little bit more. Um, I love the appointment of Chris Parnham. He's obviously flying at the moment. Gets in on the minimum. Uh, she's a horse that, will, as I said last week or whenever she last ran a fortnight ago, she'll be an 85 rater in not too long. Um, and she'll be carrying um, sort of closer to 58, 59 in this type of race. So the 54 is a luxury at the moment. But, um, yeah, I think Naughty by Nature just might um, might have the, the tactical speed. Barrier 3 might be an advantage as well, being able to get out and rolling when she needs to roll. I just think Naughty by Nature has been so stiff not to win um, her last three, really. Uh, and this this looks such a nice setup. So, look, I'm expecting the winner to come from those two. And I'm expecting a big, big, big run from the horse who I said I think will, will toe up um, the rest of the field behind Corporate Larrikin. And that is Juicing Carrots. I think Juicing Carrots with Mitchie Pateman going on um, will run a really big race. I really like that as a jockey change prior form um, around Nerf Bosque. And then the, the race before that um, beating home MTA was, was really – Good enough for this. Good enough for this, 100%. And and he has the advantage of probably looking the winner with 200 to go, um, while Naughty by Nature and Aberdeen Queen will be chasing. So if you're looking for a bit of value in the last, um, there are worse bets than juicing carrots. But um, no, it'll be Naughty by Nature and Aberdeen Queen for me. But at 335 bucks, it's not necessarily a huge amount of meat there at this stage, BJ. And I don't think we'll see any more either. Yep. Naughty by Nature, Been we've been tracking her – Costly Closely, debates. all preparation, got one collect out of her, I think that's about it. Mm. Um, yeah, we stood that. Um, that was that, the day I was on the second race <laughs> at 50 to 1. <laughs> that the Mum Champagne was going to be flowing down to the Stone mm. Motherless first up. She never got out. It's just been yeah. one of those preps for Naughty by Nature, isn't it? It's been incredible viewing. Um, uh, this is it. This is, this is the day. Should this be. is the day. Uh, so. Stuck behind some Terry Layton trademark roadblocks in, uh, the, in the Latrice. Just got shunted off the course while dance music, class mare, railed, pinched it, um, savaged the line. 
Come on, CJP. This is this is uh, this is your opportunity for a bit of redemption here, mate. This is uh, Clint Johnston Porter, Gate Three. Keep her out of trouble. Uninterrupted run. Um, good luck holding her out on the line. Uh, short enough, but um, but I think she's uh, she's the clear on top selection. And I'm with you. I've I've got. Um, I, I marked more similarly, but I've got Ab- Aberdeen Queen ahead of Rationale. Mm-hmm. And the um, the fly on the ointment horse, Mr. Canifer. No, no, I can't have it. Can't have it? No. At every, the way I see this race, um, the way I see this race is three segments. You're either going to see Corporate Larrikin steal it, right, yeah. out in front. Very, very unlikely. Okay. Yeah. But big easterly in play, 51 kilos. You know, sometimes the leaders just kick and they, they keep going. Option two is Bella's Idol and Juicing Carrots might sit second, third, and they get their little break on the field and off well, they go. Bella's Idol was really good last time. Super. Really I think good. Super. It's been unlucky in Super All Prep. Yep. Um, and then you have um, and then you have the, the Chasers. And the Chasers, you got Friar Esk with 61. You have got a few other roughies, but then you got Naughty by Nature. You've got Aberdeen Queen and you have Mr. Cornifer and you have Rationale. If they all sprint together, there is not in no world Mr. Cornifer out sprints all three of them or all four of them. If you are that's so that's where I'm coming from, Mr. Yeah. Cornifer. I think yeah. Mr. Cornifer is just it's in the wrong segment. Like you can't out sprint them, and that's the only way it wins his race. It can out sprint a couple on, on its day potentially they don't turn up or whatnot, but it can't out sprint all three of them. Fair enough. So um, just just a bit of a lay down there. Just, just the dunked, yeah. just dunked on me. Just a little bit of a lay down, late on. Um, yeah. I, I think that this is the naughty by nature get out stakes and um, fingers crossed CJP can do the right thing by by uh, the, the boys here at the one one. Yep, I got naughty by nature two dollars eighty five. So even the three thirty is probably a slight bet, but um, that, just that. very wary on. We don't know how good Aberdeen Queen is going. And yep. I actually, I actually spoke to Deshaun, um, and he, he thought she would have gone close to pretty winning yep. the Latrice. So, um, so do you think we'll have holiday blaring in the in the speakers after, well, after the get out stakes? Well, I'm actually going to be on holiday yeah. actually, yeah, down at Smith's Beach Resort. This weekend, so I'll be watching it uh, overlooking Smith's Beach. I've uh, yeah, I've designated a little window to uh, to stop the socialising from one till five. <laughs> Not bad on a two day holiday, to be honest with you. But uh, yes, I hope so. I hope there's a celebratory uh, red afterwards to uh, to uh, to toast Naughty by Nature's long awaited victory. It's been a tough horse to me this campaign, VJ. Don't know if there's been a tougher horse to me in a campaign in the past. Yeah, but we, we've stuck fat though. Yeah, we have. Well, you got you got your collect though. That's the thing. I didn't get. Not only did I not get mine, but it knocked me out with Elementary at any old price. Oh, that's right. Yes. So yeah. it's that's why it's been such a hard horse to me, and such a tough horse to me. But um, yeah, this this does look the race. But I am just very very fearful of what Aberdeen Queen has under the hood. But looking at how the betting went, sorry to I'll, I'll finish yeah, on this race. Um, the betting and the it's Latrice. All, it's all about the betting and the yeah. betting and the Latrice. We saw Naughty by Nature and Aberdeen Queen, pretty similar prices. I think they were seven bucks versus 10. Um, Naughty by Nature, the shorter of the pair. By the end, it was 420, the exchange, Naughty by Nature, and it was, I think Aberdeen Queen was 11 bucks. Yeah. So we saw them go in that direction. There will be natural support for Chris Parnham. There'll be natural support for the two and a half two kilo and a half kgs, yeah. uh, weight swing. But again, we just simply don't know how Aberdeen Queen will go um, at the eighteen hundred and how well she's exactly going because she's been held up the last two. So okay, finishing up now. It's time for our Betfair best betting proposition of the day. Miss Andretti Stakes at Ascot this weekend. Terry, what's your Betfair best? Last of the line, comfortably marked even money. Notations pre odds were a two dollars fifty plus load up, so we can still get that after the even the money's come early. So happy to be on. Bang. Last of the line. Last of the line. Yeah, last of the line. Very keen myself as well. I'm going to go for my bet fair best though. Once again, naughty by nature. Oh dear. In the last uh, 
touch over what about three thirty? I think you can get about three fifty if you're lucky at the moment, mm. uh, compared to the two dollars something, two dollars thirty five. I think for last line, I think naughty by nature was my betfair best of the day on the Perth Cup pod. I think it was like seven dollars at the time, and up starting almost half that. CJP, over to you, my friend. Uh, Maddie. $20 plus. This isn't a car. I haven't mentioned a $20 plus horse pretty much throughout. So I, um, this will, this is very un, I feel like it's very un me to some degree, but, uh, difficult one to find a Maddie BJ. But, um, have you got anything for us at all? At this moment in time, for, for the way that the markets are structured, there are, there's like a very small percentage of horses that fit into our category. Mm-hmm. So what I've done is I've, I've looked at all those, those horses that are 21 dollars or 21 plus and look at their very best who can possibly win at that price and the horse that i've landed on for my maddie of the day race eight number one vital silver Mm. if he brings anywhere near his peak performance he can give this a shake it does have 62 kilos 1100 meters lever i do know i do know that the pierce brothers i feel as though their horses are going better now than they have at any other stage of the season thus far, they're winning lots of races. Yeah, the champs back. When they when they get um, when they get into that zone, they go bang 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 bang. Expecting to see uh, sharp improvement from Vital Silver and uh, thirty five dollars best available. That's mad enough for me. Uh, all day sessions eighteen dollars across the board. I if I say one over twenty, I'm literally just saying a name for the sake of it. So uh, all day session, love Mitchy going on, uh, mapped to get a nice run. I probably won't even back it at the eighteens. If I get twenty plus late, the exchange might have a spec. But um, all day sessions, I think, is one that can run a an improved race. Good gate, M. Pateman. Biggest lay of the day, Terry. There's a couple. We want to take on any. I've marked Indian Pacific 350, so at the 230, it could well be it. But I'm going to go the two-year-old race, actually. BJ, I'm going to take on Talk About You. Okay. Um, got Marty Allen on the uh, SEN uh, show on Saturday morning, so bet, I'm sure you'll tell edge. me that I've – The Betfair Edge. So um, I'm sure you'll tell me I've uh, I've got this wrong. But uh, drawn outside of Amelia's Trant and Chant and Green and Shady, won't find the rail. You wouldn't have thought it's a, a lot, lot harder uh, affair out there. At $2.80, I reckon that is bare bones. So we're going to take on Talk About You, race two. All right. Uh, as I mentioned in my – uh, during the preview, my I'm going to take on Indian Pacific. Mm-hmm. Very good horse. He's been a good horse to me over the journey. But uh, I just think he's a little bit susceptible in the Miss Andretti Stakes on Saturday for a variety of reasons. So I'm uh, I'm laying Indian Pacific, who is currently $2.35 favourite in race eight of the day. Very good. It's a um, interesting one, Indian Pacific, because it's a horse that's uh, smashed in betting the majority of uh, his starts. But um, I think there'll be a few people that uh, will look to get him beaten here. A horse eventually reaches his mark or um, finds a race setup that isn't as suitable. So um, betting late will be um, very interesting with Indian Pacific. Always uh, the exchange late tells a story, doesn't it? So, it does. Um, yeah, so that brings our preview to a close, Terry. It does. It does. Uh, it's good to be back. We've got plenty more guests to come um, throughout 2021. Really excited about the progression of the podcast and love all of our uh, listeners, love the feedback. Uh, we're having a lot of fun still here. So uh, looking forward to where we progress. Our trucker hats are on the way. So make sure you shoot us a message if you want to get a hold of uh, one of those. Um, New had New had the people's podcast horse. The People's, no, I can't call it the People's Podcast Horse, just the Podcast Horse, um, isn't far away. Get your expressions of interest in um, contact, uh, again, BJ, myself, or Luke Fernie um, by Saturday. We want to we get uh, 
we want to sort of target a race for her very, very shortly. So as I said, we've got about 30-odd percent left. Um, Luke and myself will be taking whatever's um, whatever's left over. So dive in. Um, we'll have a lot of fun with her. I suspect thank you to Danny Morton for coming on today. Really interesting stuff. I uh, loved hearing about scenic shots. You can just hear a bit of a glint. You can hear a bit of a a spark in his voice when talking about Elite Street. I reckon, um, yeah, I reckon he could be something pretty, pretty special, couldn't he? I was actually while we had him on the interview, I was hopping up seeing if there's any uh, futures markets for the um, for those features, and there's not that I can find at this point in time. But um, gee whiz, I reckon he's one we might have a couple of bob on over there. Well, he just—it's no big deal, is it? NBD for down at the moment with that horse. He's just like, yeah, he's just going to go there, and uh, just just that air of confidence, which is uh, what we always like to see from our trainers. Yeah, it certainly is. He's uh, yeah, we're basically whatever he faces, he'll beat. Mm -hmm. That's what he's thinking at the moment. So uh, thank you as well to our producer, Jen. We don't give her enough credit. She uh, mashes together the, the nine-hour podcast and manages to get it down to uh, about seven hours. So um, always very appreciative of her work. Make sure we're all gambling responsibly. And until next week on The 1-1. One -one.